Hey, Cinema B Podcast, this is Time Hog. You got the glow, baby. Bruce Leroy. again to the Sin Beef Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gary Hill, and with me as usual is X. How's it going, everybody? Fine, thanks. How are you, sir? I'm kind of boisterous and strange, so I don't know. Well, it's 60, de- 60 degrees in Chicagoland, which is really freaky, and uh, you think I'd be outside, you know, walking or something, but then again, I'm too fat, and I'm in here podcasting with friends, so <laughs> I think it's a fair trade. Well, my wife's at the uh, Knoxville Women's March right now in the rain and 50-degree weather, so... Plus, who wants and to hang so... out with me? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a bastard. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, with me as well. That sounds like such a chore, too. I'm going to give a really shitty intro now, just because, you know, you know her, you kind of love her. She is the Jammins. Jamie Sammons. How you doing, girl? Hello, I'm doing well. Glad to be here. Uh, it's kind of warm here, too, in Michigan. Um, it's foggy and weird, but then so am I. So, hey, gotta watch out for them fog banks, you know. There ain't no fog bank out there. Turn on the radio; you might hear something weird. Okay, <laughs> hear the sultry old voice of Adrian Barbeau talking to you. She's a very nice person, though. I've said this before. But with us tonight is uh, today. It's the afternoon. What the fuck am I talking about? <laughs> Two gents that you love so well. Patron saints of Mongo, oh boy, Ricky and Danny from the Hail Ming Par are here. How you doing, sirs? What's happening, well, man? We, we get a we get a joint introduction. Well, we just okay, have to talk I'm, at the same time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, of of the Hail Ming Par hour, Ricky Morgan, say hello, Ricky. Hello, Ricky. We can see your co-host already. And also, oh, okay. Danny Bennett, how you doing, sir? Predictable, Rick. Coming out with the hello, Ricky. That's Shut up! <laughs> ah. There's a reason we do this show on Skype, so we don't have to see each other. So uh, it, it's this is the only way we actually do shows together. So uh, yeah, great. Uh, appreciate you pulling us back together for no real reason. Appreciate that, Gary. Oh yeah, to- totally. You know, I just kind of wish that it was misty and foggy and and warm, but I'm glad I'm not in Michigan. So yeah. But uh, t- today, t- today, uh, first time guess, I will leave it to you guys. Ricky first, have you been watching anything interesting lately? Uh, my household, we, we don't believe in the devil box. So uh, 
no, I haven't really been watching anything except old reruns of uh, Fernwood Tonight, which is whoa. Uh, yeah, I love. I used Fernwood to watch Tonight. that. Yeah, which turned into America Tonight later on, and I've got the whole set. I'm not going to say where I got it because it's not necessarily legal, but uh, uh, I love this show. And and so much of what we do on Hail Ming comes from that show, believe it or not. And uh, it's great to go back and, and revisit. The whole show was totally ad-libbed. I think they had a few things sketched out. It's very much like Spinal Tap and that run of movies that uh, that they put together, but very, very loose, uh, off the cuff, very, very funny. You know, they do fake sponsors. They do, you know, fake songs. So, yeah, I'm just revealing how we just ripped off a 1970s TV sitcom. <laughs> I was thinking about Fred Willard the other day and that show because I was actually watching Fred and his important and seminal role in the film Teenage Mother. So, yes. <laughs> so you, oh, you just said seminal and teenage mother in the same sentence. I have no shame. So yeah, what have I been watching? I I really haven't been watching anything. But this morning, I recalled a uh, an Upright Citizens Brigade skit where there's a guy that's trapped in a satellite, and he's got two robot arms that are trying to fix something, and the scientists on the ground are making the robot arms fight each other. And then at the end, he says, "Well, you know, we don't jettison you back to the uh, the land because we couldn't afford a uh, an escape pod, but we have facilitated your ship with a SC two thousand." He says, "Well, what's that?" He says. Space coffin. At the end, he just he just dies. Good stuff. I, love it. I haven't been watching anything, but I did recall something this morning. Nice. It's <laughs> <This> just <is> funny. <laughs> yeah, we we try and break boundaries and and uh, disobey rules as much as possible. <laughs> it's in the TV of his mind. Oh Lord. <laughs> How true that is. That's the problem. <laughs> I used to have TV in my mind, and then Fox canceled it. Oh. <laughs> I still watch it online. I think Netflix is going to pick it up. It was all Greg the Bunny. <laughs> so. Oh, you brought up Greg the Bunny. That's kind of nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Jamie, what you been watching, girl? Um... Well, I um, <laughs> on a TV note, I'm still going through Andy Griffith. <laughs> I don't think I ever mentioned yeah. that on this show, but I have been watching uh, Andy Griffith from the beginning to the end on Netflix, and I'm like in season five. I love that show. I don't anyone who pays attention to my Facebook feed may have picked up on it just because randomly I'll make a post like about the I posted a the 1960s barbershop guide that. Um, the haircut guy that Floyd had hanging in his shop, you know, at one point, like a while back. So, I mean, I don't ever like, I don't openly talk about it, but that's, that's happening. That's a thing. And we watched our first 2017 movie, a uh, horror movie of the year was a movie called clinical. That is a Netflix original film. And it's, it's, uh, it started out really, really good. I was, I was way into it. I'm like, wow, this is, this could be a contender, you know, for the year and way to start off the year. I'm really excited. And then it kind of shit the bed at the end. So made me sad, but, um, I guess it's still worth a watch. I mean, the performances are really good. So if anybody is looking for something interesting to check out, then it's not bad. It just kind of disappointed me with where it ultimately went. But, um, other than that, uh, I can't think of anything. Um, 
Oh, we watched the season three of Black Mirror. We just covered that on the evil episodes that will be coming out. And if you guys have not checked out Black Mirror, it was originally a British show, and then Netflix picked it up for the third season. <laughs> Speaking of Netflix, um, the third season show from the beginning, but the third season was really, really good. And uh, so I highly recommend that. Yeah, it's and a great, great series. That. We're going through our – it's fantastic. It really is good. And um, I, I just love the, the the social commentary and their, their – I mean, they focus on technology, and some of the stuff is like we're right on the cusp of it if we're not already there, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just, I don't know, it just seems like we're just this far away from falling over the edge into what they're doing in a lot of them. And some of them are a little, are, are way far forward, but um, some of the ones that hit closest to home are the ones that, that are really aren't that hard to believe, you know. So, um they're really good, and we've also been doing our retrospective on Masters of Horror. So, um, yeah, we've, we're going back through that on Evil episodes from the beginning. So, um, I've been doing a lot of TV lately. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> is that what you were saying for sure? That, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. She, she's not getting paid from Netflix, by the way. I'm just throwing it out there. They were free. No, month no. Or, free month or nothing. Nothing at all. Fucking no. Cheap bastards. They're cunts. <laughs> I think we've established none of us are getting paid here. <laughs> Not now. <laughs> if I change something, I'll see. I'll apologize, but I don't think I changed anything. Look, none of us can afford to pay each other, so I, I'm not sure this endeavor is uh, doomed to succeed. Mm. I, I, I do it out of love, but X, what have you been watching besides those handsome Winchester boys? Dude, I'm in season 11 now, those <laughs> handsome Winchester boys. Oh, horrible man crush. Um, you know, I've been really busy the last week or two, so I've been watching a lot of ambient television. That's a term I picked up from my kid. Meaning, um, I really like Chopped on the Food Network. And I can look up like every I couple minutes it. and go, yeah, I can just look up and be like, ah, he's out. He left out a basket ingredient. He's fucked. You know, so... <laughs> I can look up while I'm writing and see that. A lot of ghost hunting shows. Uh, ghost Asylum, which was on Destination America. It's Nashville boys hunting ghosts. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, that and the wrestling. That's really about it. Movies for podcasts. I've had to watch uh, like seven movies this week for shows. So <laughs> That's what we get for being horror, sir. Yeah, I ain't sad about it. Uh, me, myself, I, I watched... Uh... Jamie mentioned the CNN series, the eighties. I watched that as well on Netflix. Uh, you think oh, I'd be, good stuff. it yeah. is, it is good stuff. You think I'd be tired of those talking head documentaries by now, but I'm, I'm not, they just keep on coming and I keep on getting suckered in. Yeah. Oh, what else? There's been stuff. I watched the Wraith, uh, today cause Netflix. Had, yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, Netflix has it in HD, which is pretty sweet. So I watched that and, uh, Cheryl and Finn, of course, fellas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have no idea Cheryl what you're talking Finn. about. No, never that. <laughs> no. I, I don't think we ever brought her up once when we were talking about it on the show, so she disgusts me. Oh, well, when we were talking about Boxing Helena? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that movie with uh, uh, <laughs> Cheryl and Finn and, and uh, Julian Sands, Julian right? Sands. Yeah, it's called uh, Huck- Huckleberry Finn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy Griffith. 
<laughs> the latter years. <laughs> right, it's all right. about when they joined the fire department. Uh, the rate's a lot of fun, man. It's a it's a fun movie to revisit. Yeah, yeah. Clint Howard's hair is a uh, spectacular in that movie. Oh my god. What what else? I have trouble doing this too as well. Uh, I've been watching some TV as well on Netflix. I, I polished off Third Rock from the Sun. I think this is like my second time go through for the show altogether. It's just a show I enjoy that I can throw on, much like I just talk about his uh, his ambient TV. You know that that's Third Rock from the Sun for me because it still makes me laugh, and I can I can <laughs> yeah. watch I can watch it in passing. You know. Yeah. Oh, what else? I ooh, there, there's there's stuff I've seen that I know I can't really tell you what it is though I, it's freaking terrible I should like make one of those letterbox pages and I can remember everything I watched but uh yeah um oh f- oh 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 one more thing just real quick it. on the horror tip um that new Darren Lynn Bowsman flick Abattoir that's really good was it good. Hmm. Yeah, like surprisingly good. It's based on a graphic novel that I haven't read because I don't read graphic novels. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, if you get the chance to check that one out, it's really surprisingly awesome. I've been yeah. wondering about that, but I'm not typically a big Bowsman fan, so Uh-oh. I, I was mark kind out of for the guy. wary about it. Like the huge Bowsman fan. Uh, the, those, shit uh, en- those shit entries in the Saw series he made, you know? I'm yeah. going to respectfully disagree with you on that opinion. Crickets, crickets, crickets. I don't know how. <laughs> have you ever watched Saw? Now, I'm sure people have probably heard me mention this, but have you ever watched Saw all at once in a row? Um, that do is. <laughs> Your argument's invalid, X. You hear that just now? It's invalid. Yep. No, it's happening in this house very soon. Actually, we have that plan. Oh my this. God, that is! I'm telling you, then have some antidepressants on hand, and so there's something about that series that because um, I made the mistake of doing that. I was doing um, a guest spot on Banana Laser when they were going through Saw, so and I was doing uh, like Saw Six. So I watched all the saws up to I just watched the whole series, um, and then but I did it all in one day, and. I seriously thought I was going to open a vein. It was the most depressing, awful thing. And I think it was, it's the color palette. It's, it's something about that series just dragged me down. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't get out of this hole. It was the worst. Everything is slightly pea green in those movies. You think that's bad. You're trying the Beastmaster trilogy. Oh, I mean, I, I just watched Beastmaster not that long ago. I, I cannot diss Wynorski's second entry in that series, but that third one is unwatchable. Oh, right. With the uh, Eye of Braxis? I can't the first one. I absolutely love the first one. Love it, love it, yeah. love it. We just watched it yeah. not that long ago, but I can't get past that. I just I just sort of stopped. Isn't Tony Todd no, the, bad, the bad guy in the third one, Tony Todd? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Kari yeah. Wurr. Kari Wurr is the franchise killer. I've mm. said it for you. Well, but be, I love her. Don't be I dissing love my her. Kari, man. Hey, Beastmaster 3, end of the franchise. Hellraiser movies, end of the franchise. Put her in any franchise, it'll, she'll kill it. Hey, she's like when you. It's like Matt Sorrell when he's the drummer for a band. When he's in, it's over. <laughs> Remote control. Hey, Hellraiser went on after Kari Wurr. That's, that's where I fell in love with her. Sucked, but they went on. <laughs> I fell in love with Carrier on Kari uh, on uh, remote control and MTV, and ever since then, I've I've had a soft spot for the young lady. Well, more more like a hard spot, you know. But, but 
<laughs> I figured there was a rephrase there. Your head. I always liked it when when Kari like teamed up with that the guy with the blue headband, and the two of them ran around and and shot machine guns on my Nintendo. Remember that? I don't remember that. No. Kari Warriors. Oh. Uh, is that not the same thing? Can you dig it? Is it Red Brown? Can you dig it? Red Brown starring in the Russian Attack movie that never came out? That's my Red Brown impression. Beautiful. That was really good. Red Brown and Michael Dudikoff in Russian Attack. It worked now because, you know, with the current situation we got going on now, but I don't want to get political on this motherfucker. But uh, we'll go beyond that now. We'll get into our beefs of the week. Guests, Ricky, Danny, what's pissing you guys off? This week? Seriously? Yes, this <laughs> week. Well, besides besides that, you know, because I'm trying to stay upbeat about that situation, but people won't let me. Uh, I'm Because this is a podcast where we're going to be discussing such greats as No Holds Barred and <laughs> The Last Dragon, I, I don't feel like any kind of serious discourse can happen about a legitimate beef this week, but we will say for the sake of posterity, that this is the week of January 20th, uh, 2017. And anyone who wants to look up this week, I'm sure we'll find out what I'm not talking about. Oh, um, just impressed you said pros- posterity. That's good. Posterity. One time I said prosperity instead of posterity, and one of my parent, one of my uh, friend's dads corrected me, and I've never said it wrong since, which is great. Once I'm, one time I said taco instead of cheeseburger, and I just got the wrong thing to eat, so. You suck. <laughs> Oh, so your beef is me, right? <laughs> Pretty much. It's when I go to Taco Bell and I get a cheeseburger because of Rick Morgan. That's right. I got your beef right here. What's your beef, man? Shoot. Uh, <laughs> uh, really, and, and you know, I've been thinking about this since we talked about being on the show, but I've noticed that we have a problem because of you know the age groups of us getting older and stuff and the younger generation coming in, but... You can't get them to watch a movie just because it's black and white, and that bothers me because, I mean, they really would just not even give it a chance just because it's a black and white movie, and and I think I think that's an issue, man. So uh, I don't – yeah, it really does because, I mean, it was just a time period, but a good story is a good story regardless. So I don't know, man. That, that really ticks me off because some of the greatest movies ever made are in black and white, and you can't get people to check them out just because – it's black wait, and white. I can't. Wait, they can't. made movies in black and white. Yeah, yeah. Like before color. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there are movies before Cannonball Run. Well, not good ones, but you know. The entire world was black and white before Wizard of Oz. True. That's, <laughs> that's just how people saw things. All right. All right, Kiefer Sutherland, what do you have to say? <laughs> who's that? I have no idea who that is. <laughs> I don't know. <either>. Jamie. Oh. <laughs> What's your beef? Why am I Lay it on me, Slim. Keeper Sutherland, the Lost Boys, or Keeper Sutherland, the Cowboy Way? This is a very important question. Yeah. 24, yeah, Renegades. Man. Could be Renegades. 24, man. <laughs> or Dark City. Oh, yes. Javins, what's your beef, babe? Um, 
inconspicuous nicknames? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Glad I could help. No, <laughs> no that's no, your that's I, your that's your old Guapo. What's what's your what's your beef of the week? You know. Oh. <laughs> um you know I roofers who won't come fix my fucking roof. That's my beef. <laughs> I've I haven't really had a whole lot tick me off lately. I've been trying to keep it keep it on the on the I don't know. I've been trying to keep myself centered and keep from being angered. Um but of course do in the line of work that I'm in it's that's practically impossible. Uh, just dealing with the public on a daily basis, but um, you know, I don't, I don't th- really have anything major. I'm, I'm kind of pleased to say nothing, nothing really springs to mind. I'm, I'm not angry today. I'm on an even keel. Are you saying that you're experiencing roofer madness? <laughs> I love how you waited for that. You're sitting on that. <laughs> That's fantastic. I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> uh, there's always am, room for it, a pun. It's not necessarily their fault. I mean, it kind of is um, because the weather has not been that bad this year. We've had like two big dumps of snow, but then there's been a lot of warm in between. And they have really had the opportunity, but they just they're like, oh, we'll get to you next week. Oh, we'll get to you next week. Oh, we'll get to you. And, you know, I'm just like, come on, guys. We've been trying to get our roof done since the fall. So um, I'm getting a little bit irritated, but... You know, that's just the way things go. Hopefully, since we're in the 40s right now, um, and yeah, when I said it was warm in Michigan earlier, that's what it's like 41. <laughs> so, um, not really warm, but warm enough for January. I'm hoping that you know, sometime soon they'll be able to get out and maybe get that taken care of. That's the main thing on my mind right now. You're so tolerant. You need some good montage music to play for them so they can get get it done really fast, like in Fast Forward do. Yes. Well, I'm thinking like Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, two know. times speed with, with a robot. It has to be a robot there, too. Yeah, it has, there has to be a robot. Um, or Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, if I want my house to end up like 16 different colors, you know, that'd be good. Well, it was the 80s after all. <laughs> I think of that montage music all the time. You got to put one foot. In front of the other, put the put other the foot, foot down, down, down. 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 <laughs> it gets stuck in my head at work. It gets stuck in my head when I'm talking to people. It's stuck in my head right now. I kind of like, we need a montage. They, they give Danny a broom. He starts dancing like turbo and breaking. Oh, that's exactly what I was hoping you were going for. <laughs> as soon as so I, I heard gonna... broom, I'm like, oh, please say turbo. <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to steal the montage music from uh, One Crazy Summer for one of the uh, synopsises I did. <laughs> and I stole it from uh, a YouTube video. And it turned out that they had taken that music out and put the montage Trey Parker song in instead. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just used it anyway. <laughs> it's behind Macho Man Randy Savage. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. When he ta- what, what was he? Oh, was he? He's talking about Ice Pirates. Okay. Yeah. It's coming out in a couple of weeks. Beautiful. <laughs> X, what's your beef, sir? Um, as usual, my beef concerns the WWE. <laughs> <laughs> because they just, I'm, I'm trying to catch up on Raw. And to start the show, they had a video pack all about Martin Luther King Day and how important that was. And I'm like, you hypocritical sons of bitches. This is the same company that suspended Titus O'Neil for touching Vince McMahon. 
black guy such as a white guy, he's suspended. Your main black wrestlers are the New Day, who started off as a stereotypical Southern Baptist preaching trio. It's horrible. Don't tell me how much you love the African-American community, because you don't. Well, they made, they, they made a joke about Farouk, you know, for like years and years and years, but he, he, he kind of ran with that, so I can't really hate right? him too much. Yeah, Farouk, and then, you know, they had, oh, shit, I can't remember his name, but the white guy who was the Nation of Domination, that was this, uh, yeah, this is not a company known for its uh, civil rights legacy, so. But for, for, just, for, just, for a group that loves 3 o'clock high, like, you touch somebody, you know, that's automatic rules, you got to take a fight after 3 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. With, with the brass knuckles. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's that. That's it. I'm just like, ah, you guys suck. So they just went out to the parking lot, you know, and did their business. They might have respected each other afterwards, and then you would have been so suspended. You know, if they had just had a, a flagpole. Flagpoles are not hard to find. Just meet at the damn flagpole. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, sounds legit, man. Sounds legit, man, for sure. That, that's the best beef so far. Oh, wait till you hear mine. It's not very impressive, but you know, my my, <laughs> my, 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 my beef is work related because you know people act like children at my job, but they're grown people. So my my beef is and and my and my El Guapo is, is grown people who act like children, and uh, yeah, this, this election has not helped because everybody's got opinion, and I I don't want to get into that, but you know. One love. I think uh, my 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 one Facebook post about this shit core election uh, said it all. Trying to bring some positivity without bringing too many people down, and uh, I'm still going to try to continue to do that. So, yeah, my beef is beefy people who are breaking shit like they're listening to a Limp Biscuit song or something. And is that like ruthless people? Oh yeah, maybe. So your beef was the WWE. Is that right? Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, that too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Make make just... raw make, make raw uh, make raw great again. Make it two hours, okay? Uh, yeah, that's it, legit. It would have to ever have been. Um... Oh, well, I heard somebody mention. Yeah, before, if you yeah. watch the bring it on, bring the, it on. Try and defend the early, Try and defend WWE. You just go ahead. The early episodes of Raw, they were really silly, but then again, yeah, wrestlers like Doink the Clown and Duke the Dumpster Drosy and the Godwins. Who were really stupid kind of wrestlers, but they were fun to watch. So Wait till you get to Danny and I were going to put a wrestling team together and start, and I was going to be, you know, Rick the monster that's uh, tough and ruthless, and then there's Danny who's uh, tough and or rough and toothless. Yeah, so, and my uh, special move will be the double loin lock. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, he got him in the gotcha. <laughs> yeah, not true. None of that's true. Helming. Helming, <laughs> indeed. Um, you know, when I asked Ricky to, to be on the show, it was just, you know, I, he said he'd love to do Phantom of the Paradise, and I said, I can build a show on that. It, accidentally, of course, around this whole, not, it, it is built, not around this election, but it just happens to coincide with our new commander-in-chief. But we're doing evil executives on this show, uh, Phantom of the Paradise being, of course, Mr. Swan, Mr. Paul Williams, my spirit yes. animal. Yes, indeed. Dim, a spirit dim, animal. Dim, dim, dim rose tinted glasses. Oh. Oh my god. And uh, the last dragon with the very awesome Eddie Arcadian. Love that guy. I love Eddie Arcadian. Yes, indeed. <laughs> He's such a villain. And finally, the guy 
the most awesome boss of all these movies because he has a bust of himself in his office. <laughs> Kurt, Kurt, Kurt Fuller is Brel in No Holds Barred. Yeah. <laughs> you got to love to hate that guy. Yes, indeed. Fucking jockass. <laughs> jockass. <laughs> Jesus. But we're going to start with The Last Dragon. I don't know what to start with. We're, we're starting The Last Dragon anyway, though, because you want, you want a nice uh, nice Hulkster sandwich in the middle. He needs to be the meat of this episode, I think. You know? Oh, my God. But we'll start that right after this. A martial arts champion in search of the glow. Master, I need more time. I am no longer your master. A rock and roll star on the rise. I know what it's like to lose precious things. A madman. Shogun of Harlem. A maniac. You're going to put my video on your show, aren't you? The answer is no. And the glamour, the power, and the sound of Motown. I don't want you to kill anybody. Are you out of your mind? Leroy Green, I'm looking for a little pop thinks he's a kung fu master. I am no master. He sure looked like a master to me. This is Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Oh. It's about the power the glow. Tymok. Vanity. Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon. Directed by Michael Schultz. A Motown Productions picture from TriStar. Starting with uh, The Last Dragon from, uh, I think, 85, if I believe correctly. I'm not looking, so I'm just going to throw a guess out there because I'm a lazy podcaster. But uh, it starts the great the great Tymok as uh, Bruce Leroy, or Leroy Green, if you want to call him that. I don't call him that. So there you go. Oh man, this this film is a film that I saw in my teens as a, in, on cable a lot. So I didn't see when it originally released, but I was mesmerized uh, from beginning to end, and I watched it countless times after. But it doesn't matter what I think. I'm gonna ask Danny, what do you think about the film first, sir? You know, it it definitely was never a good movie. But when you're a kid watching a kung fu flick, you know, with I remember him. Swinging his uh, his his chop hand out and breaking those arrows that it, that his sensei is shooting at him while he's working on the Pell, and I remember Shonuff, and I remember all the, the he's got the glow stuff. Man, I must have watched that movie a hundred times. And my favorite part is probably where he goes into Eddie Arcadian's lair and he uh, and he beats up everybody dressed in a ninja suit so that he can be like the uh, the kung fu Avenger with the with no face because you know he it was it was. It was kung fu action. It had that whole piranha tank thing, and he was wearing a ninja suit. So in 1985, when I was nine, nine, nine. Nobody's gonna know about you, man. I'm I'm doing the math, okay? Math is hard. My wife says I was 11. Anyway, <laughs> in 1985, watching this ninja suit, and I, I love the Last Dragon, and I can't not do it. I can't not. And the older I get, the more I love Eddie Arcadian, though. Like, you know, as a kid, I loved all the kung fu. But as I got older, I got to really appreciate the villain. Because like you said, man, I mean, fix your face. 
He's just he's so he's so gross that when when he gets his comeuppance at the end, you just you just gotta love that. And now I'm out for the next person to talk. <laughs> <laughs> JV, what do you think, girl? Well, um, for one, you were right. Uh, you you promised me that Brian would not be upset about these entries. Um, because if anyone listens to this show, they know that Brian gets irritated often with some of the movies we we have to watch. And he's like, ah, damn it. Or he makes me watch them by myself. Um, so when I told him the lineup for this one, he's like, hey, I love two out of three of those. <laughs> um, and this was one of them. This was one that, that he absolutely loves. I had never seen it before. And... <laughs> So this was a this was a fun experience for me. And wow, was it 1985? Holy <laughs> shit, there was 1985 all over this movie. Um uh, but in a great way. I mean, who doesn't love a movie packed with drum machines? And uh, I mean, just do, 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 do. it was fantastic. I absolutely had a blast. Um if you've got a the villain like Shonuff was hilarious. Um you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, sad that I missed it up until this point, but I'm glad that I got to watch it for this. And that's one reason I really love doing this show is because it allows me to see some really random movies that I might have missed out on. Um, and this is one of them. So it was super fun. I enjoyed it. Awesome. Ricky. Yeah, man. Uh, just like Danny was saying earlier, it's one that I watched a bunch back in the day when it came on HBO time and time again. Really enjoyed it back in the day. Revisiting, it's not as great as I remember, but it's still pretty fun. So let's break it down, folks. If you want a black exploitation, cocaine-induced, crazy over-the-top movie with martial arts and debarge, this is for you. Because <laughs> it's uh, it's got some high-flying action in it. It's got a lot of things that you probably couldn't get away with now as far as just uh, just commentary in general. Uh, my my favorite part are the three uh, Asian guys that are lip syncing to a obviously '80s pop R&B type song, and you know, then they're talking jive. <laughs> oh. uh, but it's still pretty fun. Uh, acting's a little sketchy nowadays, but when you're a kid, that stuff doesn't matter. So it still makes it fun to go back and watch it because you have these images in your head of what you grew up with. So. I enjoyed going back and checking it out again, man. It's a lot of fun. You just have to overlook a lot of that silly stuff. But uh, them going in and busting up the restaurant, you know, his, uh, Bruce's father's restaurant, you know, is is uh, a highlight to me because it's just like so over the top and crazy. And the scene with the uh, the the female bad guys <laughs> that are so tough and it's just so overacted and so cheesy. It just makes it great. So. That's it in a nutshell for me. If you like cocaine-induced black exploitation with with DeBar singing, the rhythm of the night, and this is for you, man, and Vanity trying to sing. So, But you know what? She didn't have to sing. She looked good. Vanity always looks good, but holy cow, those songs were terrible. I mean, just yeah, pretty bad. terrible, terrible. And then when they were looking at uh, Angela's song, and he's like, I found him, or whatever. And then Vanity's like, eh. <laughs> like, she has this look on her face. And I'm like, sister, I just heard your song. Don't be making fun of her. Like, <laughs> that was some awful, awful stuff. <laughs> she had to sing the theme music of the place she was at, just to let you know where she was at. 
but yeah, the lyrics. Now that being said, I was a big Vanity Six fan, so don't you know? It's not that I have anything against her personally. It's just those particular songs were terrible. I was, was like born. something about our love flows to the like a river to the ocean, or no, our love flows like a river to the sea. Like really? <laughs> I was more of a Mayor Jane girls myself, so. You like Vanity Six? You gave White Girl something to dance to with, with the Nasty Girl song, and <laughs> and I'm fine with that. You know, that's a great song. They want to skank it up to the Nasty Girl song. I'll watch them dance. It's fine. I yeah. used that song on my sex episode of of the playlist. Yeah, yes, you did. You got to start this up, again, girl. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you all want to be disrespectful and not mention Sheila E, that's fine. But hey, yeah, she, she, she can handle my Sheila E rules, man. She can have my stick yeah. anytime. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> X, what'd you think, sir? <laughs> Silence. Yeah. It just dropped. Everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, truth, truth had to be told. You know, this movie is a nice throwback to the days when VJs were so important that they needed bodyguards and Black shogunats ruled the mean prefects of New Jersey. Thank God. Thank God those days are gone, huh? Um... I do wish that there were still cinemas that showed Bruce Lee films at midnight and that yes. people were so enthusiastic that they shouted the dialogue at the screen. Um, I don't know, but still, this movie's this. like Ricky said, this is... The movie stops for a DeBarge video! It just stops! And I understand that this is like, this is a Motown movie. It was produced by Barry Gordy. I get that. But still, damn, do something else with it. But I think the thing I liked about it most was kind of the, it's got this like weird bloodless Mortal Kombat vibe to it. You know, especially at the end when there's like all these weird ass fucking fighters come out. <laughs> so I thought that was fun. And I also really enjoyed how if you really couldn't figure out what was going on, these songs in the movie would tell you what was going on. <laughs> oh, he's got the glow. Now he, he you got the glow, your body's strong and you can <laughs> fight people and that's that's what happens. Um I don't know why Time Act never worked again. I thought he was fun. Um Yeah. I think it's interesting that two of the bad guys on the show today are are, are media people or people somehow involved with the entertainment industry. Um, right. You know, because even back in the 80s, apparently, we distrusted the media. Well, but I think the best... To I'm be, sorry. To be fair, Eddie Arcadian just a really evil Brian Doyle Murray from Wayne's World. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think the thing that makes this movie fantastic, in my eyes, is that every single person in this movie is fucking crazy. Yep. They are all out of their minds. You've got Ty Mac, who thinks he's Bruce Lee. you got Shonuff, who's dressed like Kagamusha, the shadow warrior. The bad guy's girlfriend thinks she can sing. So everybody in this movie is just off the rails, and that's right. what makes it fun for me to watch. Yep. Well, the sad thing about the bad guy's girlfriend, who's played by, I think her name is Faith Prince. She, she's in stuff I've seen. I remember watching a show on HBO called Encyclopedia back when I was little, le learning about yeah. stuff, you know? And yeah. Them singing tunes, you know. Yeah. Wow. I remember that too. That's cool. But um, you know, she's ahead, she's kind of my favorite thing in this movie. I, like like you said, I didn't think her music video was all that bad, and uh, I really like her character. She's and like at the end where she kind of turns and and goes to warn um, Bruce Leroy. She goes to to warn him about you know the the incoming danger. It's kind of like Miss Tessmacher in uh in Superman. Right. Yes. 
she kind of reminds me of her too. Like, you know, they're just kind of things I grew up with. And I know she was supposed to be kind of a, an older, you know, trying to clutch at fame, Cindy Lauper kind of character, but I just, I just always have kind of liked her. And, uh, that's one of the reasons why Eddie Arcadian is so bad is because the way he treats her, obviously. And, you know, then you got the other villain in Shonuff who's just kind of a ridiculous supervillain. And, but yeah, the bad guys in this are, are as much fun as the good guy is. And then Vanity's just kind of thrown in there for something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wish Miss Teschmacher had worn bike reflectors as earrings. Man, I, I was just about to say, I mean, I wanted to clarify real quick. I mean, I know the comparison's there, but she is no Teschmacher. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we, we reviewed uh, don't uh, don't can't stop the music, the Village People film, and I have to agree, she is no Miss Tessmacher. No, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm still scarred from that episode, Gary. Uh, it was it was phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal, man. I can make comparisons as I want. You can don't make them too legit to quit, though. It was pretty legit. I ain't quitting. Yo, mama. Yo, mama. Be <laughs> fresh. Um, I have a question. Now, I think, Danny, you mentioned earlier, like way earlier, um, Piranha in the Tank. Now, do we know that that was yeah. Piranha? Do we know what it was? Did anybody ever say? No, I think, no. I kept trying to get a knows. good look at it, and I kept hoping that they would show it, but I, if they did, I missed it. So, it, is that it really just, is? It really is just the thing in the tank. Like, yeah. Okay, okay. It, that, that's it's kind that's of a, where they kept their bath bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen those disgusting Jaws bath bombs they have now? The water turns blue, <laughs> then it turns red. Why would you want red water? You'd start to worry, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Shark Week every day. <laughs> like that's just gross. Sounds like a great hot tub prank. Beware of bears. <laughs> hey X, that was a Friday two reference. <laughs> oh God. I <laughs> <laughs> Oh, me myself though. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> me myself, I, I love this film, and I love the people that show up in this film, like Mike Starr and uh, uh, William H Macy shows up in this film as well. As yeah. Yes, that manager. was amazing. Oh, that yeah. jacket was spectacular. <laughs> that rainbow-colored Bill Bill uh, Bill Macy jacket is is spectacular. Well, so is so is every, so is a lot of wardrobes in this film. I, I love Showenough's look. He looks kind of like a like a spaniel, like a ghetto spaniel who does kung fu and uh, wear, wear shoulder pads like a like a Legion of Doom. Yeah, I love how everyone called him <laughs> shoulder pads. God damn it! Uh, so shoulder pads—that's that's eighties, that's right? And uh, this whole film is eighties. I happen to like the soundtrack. I, I used to like. Well, there was a couple songs I would, I would play when I was like gaming or playing like collectible card games. And two of which were the glow and the last drag. I used to go. I used to like get pumped up and shit. And yeah, because and go that work. last dragon song is on Brian's '80s playlist that he listens to while he's like running or working out or whatever. That's that and and he's like, and last night we were watching it. He's like, that song's on my playlist. <laughs> like, okay, gotta actually, that song is catchy. I like that song a lot. Got to reach that final level, you know. Oh, you just I, gotta follow your pizza to Daddy Green's Pizza. Oh, that's some disgusting bean sprout pizza. I bet, my man. Who said that was a good idea? If you live to love, you love to live. Barry Gordy said it was a good idea. I guess. Then he made a movie about it. 
Go get your he also thought, I'm sorry. He also thought his, having his son Maxwell make an album was a good idea, too, and that didn't work out so great either. Hey, Michael, hey, you Michael, know, Michael Jackson made that song a hit, okay? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I remember that, that song from the, the Roller Rank, man. He used to play it. Had like a dance number to it. It was good stuff. <laughs> when I come home at night. <laughs> when I'm in the shower, I'm afraid to wash my hair. He didn't have much hair. Look up and find someone standing there. He knows that he... It is he, impossible to sing that song without doing that, and I would never want to try. <laughs> Every, everyone, you have to. You have to. No one can just say there. You have to go there. That's right. Yeah. That is Yo, part of it. Well, he, Why don't you sing it now? Just sing it now. Just sing it. He needed a shower cap for that hair. That's all I'm saying. Because <laughs> he, has, he has some product in that hair that couldn't get wet. My activator. Man, remember the end of that video where the guy was walking up and he had his hand behind his back and it was some kind of weird gnarled claw? It was melting or whatever, yeah. Yeah. That was right up there with uh, with uh, Our Love's in Jeopardy where, it, where the video was all creepy. <laughs> Man, both of those were scary. Yeah. Baby. Oh, how, how can I forget? L- little badass Ernie Reyes Jr. shows up in this film just kicking everybody's right. ass. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's me before, That's... either before or after Red Sonja. I forget, but he was. This was just when he was started to act to do stuff. I actually texted texted that to to Danny while I was watching. It's like dude, little dude from Red Sonja, man. <laughs> I ignored it. Why would you do that for? It's amazing. Um, Vanity not as fun in this movie. She is in Never Too Young to Die, but she got to have her. But no one is as fun in this movie as everyone is in Too Young to Die. Never Too Young to Die. <laughs> oh, but we are getting a Blu-ray, and I'm ecstatic. So that's that's not that's a nuts. beef. That that's uh that makes me really happy in the pants that we're getting a Blu-ray. How, that does, that, how does that movie deserve a Blu-ray release? That's what blows my mind. <laughs> it, it just does. Okay. I can't explain yeah. why I like it. It's just, it's just fun. Work of the killer whale. You're just going to have to wait because we got to crank out <laughs> this, this slice of great movie. To, to be fair, Orca had a DVD. Never Too Young to Die did not have a DVD. Well, there's Orca a reason makes behind me that. cry. Orca the killer whale. Orca makes me laugh a little movie. bit. Come on now. What? Love that movie makes me cry. Like, all, like, it just, from the first, the strains of the opening music because i know what's about to happen then i start crying and i cry for 30 minutes straight and then i start to feel happy and then when richard harris dies i'm like woohoo and that's are we still talking about orca yeah (laughs) every time they they wash that dead baby whale off the thing i can't stop laughing i don't know if it's just cynical or you know it's just scary oh man you're laughing and my heart is being ripped to shreds and stomped on the ground i'm just saying this is a mess with jamie it's just just to say this Same disgusting things. Next thing best, thing do, best thing to do though back in the day is like if you were baby babysitting like a three, four year old or a five year old and they wanted to watch Free Willy and they'd fall asleep in the middle of it and you change out the tape and put Orca in for like the second <laughs> half. <laughs> why is Willy killing everybody? Like, look, look, look what you're missing. Look, you know. Don't free that motherfucker. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> then they watch it later. <laughs> what happened to the part where the kids took the f- I'm just glad that's where you went because you could have gone somewhere totally different with the free willy thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what, what happens to hey, the. So, what about all those mercenaries that Eddie Ar- Arcadian uh, hires to, to fight uh, Bruce Leroy and, and, and that whole fight scene? That's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Make it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> 
You think you're getting fi- your ass kicked by a little kid? You think he's been filming that shit, you know, just just to, to to save it for a later date to make a music video out of it? Yeah, well, I mean, that's what makes him such a business genius. This is about we should fucking, probably elect him president. Says about his fucking wife's dirty books and shit, or his girlfriend's dirty books. <laughs> see, see, much like Eminem in Eight Mile, she's the only represent rep- reprehensible character in this entire film because she decided to go back to uh, Kew Gardens or the fuck that is. And go back to be a hairdresser dresser or some shit, you know. She going back to work. Leroy just wants to be a damn kung fu master for no good reason. I know, right? He doesn't even want to use it. You know, what's this kung fu jive worth if you can't use it? <laughs> well, you need well, I don't want to sing Beauty School Dropout now. I sing Beauty School Dropout all the time. <laughs> so many which things is it, man? that same meter. What? Which, which is it, man? You keep changing the song that you sing all the time. I sing lots well, I of go. songs all the time. Oh, See, if you would have picked okay. Grease 2, you wouldn't have this problem. Because all the songs... Who's that man? All the songs in <laughs> Grease 2 are better than Grease 1, so... I think ten, things tend to be better when they're in Grease. It's because I live in the South. <laughs> yeah. You can fry a shoe and we eat it, so. Oh. You see what I did there? You oh, like my, that? My head hurts now. That's, that's amazing, though. <laughs> <laughs> the Last Dragon is, is, is a fun film for... for... For all ages, I wouldn't say there's a, really a dirty thing in the film except for her dirty books, of course, you know, which should confuse a child anyway. Which which pretty much just should be like a big black and white magazine that says smut on the front. I mean, that's that's how they are. <laughs> yeah. I put my porn on bags inside out so they know what welcome out your freak I am, see? <laughs> this guy's into some filthy stuff. I'll move on. Thank you. But I'll, I'll kick it to you, Ricky. What do you uh, rate this film? Uh, you can rate it any way you want to, because you, you guys rate crazy things at your show. No, no, no. Our ratings don't mean squat. So what, what's your normal rating system here? Uh, one to ten? Uh, one to ten, yes. One to ten? Yeah, I'd give us a solid six. I think it's fun enough that you can revisit it and, and just, you know, c- cook some popcorn and just kick back and, and, you know, have a chuckle or two, man. I think it's fun. Great. Danny? I'm going to have to give it one more with a seven. But only if you kiss my converse. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jammins, what do you think? Oh. We killed her. I'm kinda torn I'm kinda torn. I because I was right there with Ricky and then I was right there with Danny. So So give gonna, it an eight, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna no. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was fun. But um this uh, I think I'll slide right in the middle there with a 6.5. Glorious. Wow. I, I expected less, actually. After... Guys, mind if I slide in between you there? <laughs> no, I almost said six and a half. So then you would have had to been like six and three quarters or, or five and three quarters, something. So I, I think it works out well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> after the yoga hosers uh, heartbreak, I, I really appreciate that, Jamie. So there you go. Ah, I'm glad. I'm glad to uh, make you feel better because Yoga Hosers is crap. <laughs> well, coming next time, Yoga Hosers. We're going to review it again. I'll revisit. No. <laughs> X, what's your rating, sir? I'm with Rick. It's a six. Oh, yeah. Well, as with a lot of these films, uh, nostalgia comes into play because I watch this a ton. I still watch it a ton. I still go nuts for the, for the opening sequence, you know, because... It's one of the best montages of the 1980s, and I'll say it. I'll say it again. And yeah, it's it's an eight. It's an eight for me. Out of 10. nice. V- villains are awesome. Heroes are awesome. 
Side people are awesome. Vanity is awful, so you lose a point there, or else this would be a nine, probably. But, um, yeah. That's about it. Bold choice, Gary. I like it. Yes. (laughs) That's it for this one. I just got yelled at for my rating. I didn't even know. Brian's like, what movie? I'm like, The Last Dragon. That's a shit rating! Rawr! I'm like, no, it's not. It's a good rating. It was fun. And he's like, no, it's better than that. So I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, well, I know what you're watching before you go to work now, see? You don't have <laughs> Oh, I heard that. <laughs> but up next, we're, we're going to rip into some wrestling and some, some corporate stooges and other fun stuff. And the very Way to throw Rip in there. That was good. Yeah, that was, yeah see what did there? Yeah. Yeah, I like and that. The, and the very uh, Hulk-tastic. Ha ha! No holds barred. Right for this. Okay. I got a job making money for the man. Throw a chicken in the bucket with a soda pop can. Two green uniforms on my back. I had to set it on fire in the fatted chicken fat. I leaned on the counter like a bird with no hair. Running through the mini mall in my underwear. I got lost downtown, couldn't find a ride home. Sun went down, I got frozen to the bone Till a hooker left me share her fake fur coat As I took a little man, the cops picked up the spoon I tried to explain, I was only trying to get warm I knew I never, ever should have put my uniform He said, too bad, I had a bike bullet hard slug I didn't have the teeth, so I stole his gun And I crawled out the window with my shadow with a spoon Dancing on the roof, shooting holes in the moon
Starring the illustrious Terry Bolia, aka Hulk Hogan, Tiny Zeus Lister, Kurt Fuller, that guy from 976 Evil, <laughs> the black trainer from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. There's some other folks in this movie. And the Beaver. And the and the Beaver, yes indeed. <laughs> oh, this film is basically about a corporate stooge who wants Hulk Hogan to work for his network out of this. This is like a weird territory situation with networks, I guess. Uh but <laughs> Hulk Hogan refuses to work for the corporate stooge to work for some other corporate stooge. We all know his name. He gets a big guy to fight him, other big guys to fight him, and yeah, that's your movie. Oh, and there's a random corporate skank in there, too. But I'll stick it to you. Jamie, what'd you think of the film? Um, hmm. Well, this is another one that I hadn't seen, and that's only because I actively avoided it um, <laughs> when it Good came move. out. Why would you do a thing like that? Well, I was never a Hulk Hogan fan, for one. I used to watch <laughs> wrestling back in, back then, but because um, everybody did, you know. But I was not a Hulk Hogan fan. I never quite understood it, and I just I don't know. And then especially like all the women who were all over him. I'm like, for really for what? But um, I have to say that uh, after I watched this, is oh, and incidentally, this is the one that Brian was not excited about. Um, He'd seen it before, and he's just like, eh. Uh, but he did watch it with me anyway um, this morning. But but I do have to say that the Rip character was – he was a nice guy. Like, he was – it was kind of fun. I really enjoyed the scene where they went to the French restaurant, and they're all – although they were treating him like shit. I mean, like, even the woman he was with was really just – talking down to him like oh i know you don't like places like this well why don't you try this it's kind of like this or why don't you try this? and i'm like lady you know why do you gotta be so rude 
but um, and then like his the chef came out and and you find out he's a regular there and I'm like ah oh, good for him you know he did charity work with kids which was great um, he actually was a the, his character was a a good guy so that was that was kind of fun um, I don't think it was fantastic by any means just because it's you know it was very very formulaic um like at the end where the you know tiny lister is he's about to fight him and he's like oh he's gonna kill him i'm like really do you think anyone actually believes that for one second this is a hulk hogan movie now there's there's one and it's the 80s there is one outcome here and if anyone has any tension about what that outcome is going to be then um they've got issues but (laughs) um there was a lot of violence in this which um made it kind of fun and uh, yeah, I ended up not hating it. I don't think it was great, but I still managed to have a pretty decent time. And and you're right about people popping up in this. That was uh, people just kind of popping up left and right, which was kind of fun. You know, I don't know. Um, it made me sad to. Uh, it made me miss David Paymer. You know, yeah, I miss him. One of the one of the great character actors. Yeah, him yeah, and, he him was and fantastic. Kirk Fuller, all by the BTF. Uh, R.I.P. Miguel Ferrer, one of the greatest character actors ever. Yeah, um, that, that hurt, scene that, where they went that to, to that scene where they went to the it did uh, that scene where they went to the bathroom in the bar. That was funny. Um, yeah, I actually ended up enjoying this quite a bit more than I expected to. So um, that's something. Great, uh, Danny. Well, okay, so so no holds barred. I also had never seen no holds barred. Um, I yeah, I used to watch wrestling when it was like that. I was a kid and. And Hulk Hogan was the big hero, but somehow or another, I avoided it. And um, I'm not sure if it was intentional, but yeah, just like Jamie said, is everything an '80s movie starring a wrestler should be expected to be? There are lots of shoehorned fight scenes in it that are laughably bad. Um, there are a lot of bad guys who do things like, "Hey, if you don't shut your kid up, I'm gonna shut him up for you," just for him to come over and like, you know, chop him in the neck. And then, like, you know, jump around and, and, and drop kick them. My, one of my favorite things is, is when the limo driver, like, absconds with him and he's going to take him to go get roughed up because they because uh, he denies the, uh, the World Network executive because it's the World Television Network. Um, and he's kicking the door of the limo to get out. And the, and the, the limo is, like, just, just careening all over the street because – the guy can't drive with him kicking the back door. That's the power of the Hulkster. He's making him steer wrong with every kick. I, no, I mean, and with his with his uh, with his little femme patent leather boots, I'm sure that it really did some damage to that metal too. I'm sorry, but, the, the the Ripper. I'm sorry, you know, Rip Reynolds, <laughs> who later got a job as uh, as Deadpool. So you know, we all like that. Beautiful. But you know, up until then, he he was just the Hulkster. Um, which was you know, kind of lukewarm, really. But yeah, I agree that, that Kurt Fuller, as the, uh, as, as the guy, he is so over the top. I'm going to tell anybody. And by the way, this isn't over the top. This isn't a whole bar. That's a different movie that's just as bad. So we're going to say. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you should say that, though, because when I first threw the titles out, that's what Brian was like. Oh, man, that movie sucks. And, or oh, I don't like that movie. And, um, and then I, we kept talking about it. And then it turns out he was actually thinking of over the top. And he's like, no. And, he, and I said, no, no holds barred. And he's like, oh, that's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is totally worse. But, but just watch. Anybody listening to this right now just needs to watch the first five minutes 
just to get Kurt Fuller saying, I took over this network, and you know what sells eyeballs to our programming? This guy holding up a great big poster <laughs> of Hulk Hogan, and he's like, I'm going to fire anybody who can't get me this guy. Contracts are just words. He is so horribly annoyingly bad just like eddie arcadian in the other one he's just such a bad guy that it's so it's fun to watch it's it's fun to just laugh at like and this guy does it so well he was waiting ghostbusters 2 as the the mayor's uh uh assistant who gets them uh institutionalized and i know i've seen him in other things but you know I'm, i'd have to look up a list to know because my brain is getting soft but i'll tell you he he does such a great job of being such an awful guy that again, you just really like to see him get a check stuffed in his mouth, you know, even if it's Hulk Hogan, you know, it wouldn't matter. It could have been Eddie Arcadian stuffing a check in his mouth, and I would have been happy. Great. Uh, X. <sighs> Follow me up, man. Do something good. Do it. I have a lot of questions about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you can't think that far into a dude? Come on now. <laughs> I just. Um, watching. No holds barred as an adult with any level of maturity. There's, there are not many levels on which this movie is good. Um, That's true. Why would you give a Hulk Hogan character a different name than Hulk Hogan? He's obviously <laughs> fucking Hulk Hogan. Why would you call him Rip? Another thing. Why would you? Why would you take away his glorious? Uh, clothesline to to leg drop uh, finisher to finishing somebody off with a double axe handle not even from the top right? rope just a running double axe handle <sighs> it, it, it doesn't finish anybody off I, could. I wonder if the Hulk Hogan thing was a rights issue Probably. no because it was a WWE film and Vince McMahon produced it yeah. Well, Which is I my don't. second question. It, it, Why would you make <laughs> the villain character of a Hulk Hogan movie so obviously based on Vince McMahon? And they rewrote it, too. <laughs> right. that, that's the legendary thing about this film, that they didn't like the way the script was. So going into a hotel room one night, you know, not having gay sex at all, him and the Hulks are rewrote this film. <laughs> There's something legendary <laughs> about this film? Legend, Legendary. Things of legends. Like, <laughs> like Zeus's unibrow legendary. Well, you know, like, I also saw that because the turnout to buy tickets for this movie was so bad that they played sections of it during a pay-per-view event. <laughs> like, Andy, it was Andy. it was during a Ow. wrestling pay-per-view event. They just, like, they played sections between the event sections, and uh, that's that's awful. That's so good. Andy, <laughs> Andy got a, you know... A feud eventually with with uh, him him and the Macho King feuding against Hulk Hogan and, and Bruce the Barber Beefcake. Well, Tiny Lister was in WWE for about six weeks. That's it. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. With Scary Jerry because he was terrible. Yeah, it was awful. Was he Zeus in? Was he Zeus when he was actually in WWE? Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Because I know because if you watch bleh, in Friday, he's credited as Zeus or. Tiny Lister, Zoo, Tiny Zeus Lister, whatever, it's yeah, thrown in yeah. there. And I name. always wondered where that came from. Well, not, now, um, you, now you know. And then when I watched this movie, I was like, oh, that's weird. Did he just, like, like it and keep it? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, okay, so if he actually was in, in, that answers a question. Okay, thank you. I and, learned something. And knowing We're here to answer questions. And knowing's half the battle. You're better than that, Jamie. That's all I'm saying. 
You're better than that. <laughs> Jeff, did I cut into what you were saying about the movie and, and derail you? I'm sorry. No, it's cool. It's cool. I was just I was just asking, you know, those universal questions that people want answers to. Like, does it really does anybody believe that Hogan could totally rehabilitate and put his brother through physical therapy in two weeks? Best best montage ever. He was still in the wheelchair. But he, he, had yeah, he was in the wheelchair. Well, the yeah, end, but, but when he was on the sidelines during that last match, I mean, it, Brian brought this up because he, he started moving his fingers. And it was like, oh, I'm so, you know, he's like, I'm so pumped for my brother that I'm healing myself as I sit here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only was he r- ripping up in the ring is, you know, well, I, I was going to say hulking up because that doesn't because he obviously said his prayers and took his vitamins that day. His his crippled brother who who just stuck his nose where it didn't belong, uh, was was ripping up as well. Yes. Yeah, he was going Saiyan, level one. Um, also, my next question is, how many times do you figure Jeff Jarrett watched this movie? Because they've got the octagonal ring, which was never used in WWE, but was used in TNA. And by the way, did you see those saggy ropes on that ring? You <laughs> yeah, can't hire a that? guy into weird. those. You'd kill a guy. You would break his neck. So, I mean, this isn't how TV works. This isn't how wrestling works. I'm not even sure this is how movies work. So, I don't know. I I, I, I have two words for this movie. It's Dookie. <laughs> Dookie. <laughs> I, yeah, I got it. I, I do have to really agree. with. That. I mean, I just want to know how many more women could they beat up in this movie? I, it was every time you turn around. I, I think that because you know if Stan Hansen's in a room, a woman's going to get beat up. Yes, so <laughs> true. Just I, I think you can compare this movie to uh, to the the Fat Boys movie, Disorderlies. Oh yeah, and and you could probably come out saying Disorderlies would be the winner. Ooh, it did have Ralph Bellamy in it though. Yeah, just yeah. The, the I actually saw that movie when it came out. <laughs> As well, you should. You should watch it again tonight. No, I'd, I'd rather watch Crush Groove instead. I get to see the Max Curtis <laughs> blow then. Oh, any more, any more questions from the, the glorious Professor X? Any more? No, sir? no. I, I, I think I'm I'm finished with that. That's that's good. I, again, though, shout out to David Paymer who showed restraint and didn't completely chew the scenery. And that bathroom scene is really funny. Oh, it is. Uh, Ricky, brother, what do you think? Well, uh. The best way I can describe my feelings for this film is probably quoting my wife, who said this at least 27 times while I was watching it. And she was watching along. She said, why are you watching this again? (laughs) 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 And uh, she had some great commentaries we watch. I mean, my wife's pretty quiet. And she was coming up with, I mean, Mystery Science Theater couldn't couldn't have done as good of a job as she was doing with this movie. So, and uh, so yeah, here's my take on the whole thing. I never watched this movie back in the day. I had bowed out of wrestling at this point. I grew up with Memphis wrestling, so I was AWA all the way. And uh, so then I I moved over to uh, Atlanta wrestling out of that mr wrestling too all that good stuff and by the time wwf kicked in and they started having music videos where they were singing land of a thousand dances and they started having cartoons on saturday morning is kind of when i said you know I'm, I'm done because it it took the meanness out of it and you know and i was you know 16 17 at the time so i just kind of lost interest in it so this movie came out when i was already 
out of high school and stuff, so I just never gave it a chance. I think I remember catching part of it on TV, uh, the big fight at the end or whatever, which is, you know, you got blood sport and all these things happening at that time. So you were seeing these kind of endings of movies. Everybody's ripping off, you know, Rocky two at the time, basically. So, uh, I kind of gave it a pass, but yeah, watching this thing is, uh, it's pretty rough. <laughs> now <laughs> on top of that, uh, blood sport, man. The, yeah. Well, we'll get to that eventually, but, uh, the version that I got to watch was on glorious YouTube, which was actually slowed down. <laughs> so, so the acting and everything was even worse than I imagine it really was. So if you guys get a chance, go check out the version that's on YouTube because it 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 almost makes it more entertaining because it makes the acting that much worse. And uh, so that's that's an interesting take on that. The one thing I was happy about. Because, like I said, I'm an old Memphis wrestling guy. I grew up with that stuff. But to see Joe LaDuke in a movie as one of the bad guys in the ring fighting and Stan the Man Hansen, I mean, those are people I grew up with back in the day. They were they were the baddies back in the day in Memphis. So it was kind of neat to see those guys and even realize that they were still alive at that point. <laughs> You're never so, going to uh, live. And you're no holds barred. It's not good. Um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, there's there's some actors in this. You know, you guys were bringing up some people before that we've seen do character actors and all kinds of stuff. You know, Night of the Creeps, a lot of different things like that. So it was kind of fun to say that stuff. But overall, this is this is pretty bad for me. It, it's just it's not one I grew up with. I would probably have a better love for it if I actually grew up with it. It'd be right there with probably Breaking Two or something like that. But it just doesn't. Uh, the, the the bar of no holds barred is not that high for me. See, that's funny that you would even bring that up because, like like you were saying, you were watching Memphis wrestling. I was a Mid Atlantic guy when this movie came out, so I mean, if this had been like a Ric Flair movie, I'd have been all over it. Right. Or oh, the American Dream, Dusty Rose. Oh yeah, Dusty Rose movie would have been fantastic. <laughs> a Ric but, Flair you know, movie would be interesting though. <laughs> yes, it would. It wouldn't be this movie. No. <laughs> hey, what about Hulk Hogan like helping all those kids out at that field day where he's like, "You can do it. Come on. Yeah, that's great." It's like a it's it's like 10 minutes of him like helping a kid walk around in a circle or something. He's you're, like, "Come on. You're yeah, this is great." I just, it's like, "Hey, let's just lay this on as thick as we can." He's a good guy. Like 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 Jamie was saying, like, you know, he's a good guy, but it's like they just decided to go over the top. He's I just like the, What? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I love the fact that when he goes to, to negotiate about big business, he's still wearing his wrestling outfit. He wears it like everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like he's wearing a white suit with the buttons unbuttoned <laughs> on top to his favorite French restaurant. Uh, you gotta go I mean, back to, to be to... fair. I'm oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Danny, this was the 80s, uh, even though it was the tail end of the 80s, and good guys were always over the top. That was that that was just the way it was, you know? Yeah. Good guys are really, really good. Bad guys are comically bad, at least in films like this. You know, you know late 70s. Wasn't Robocop in 1989? Jesus. 87, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just wondering, wasn't Robocop in 1989? I mean, it was anyway. earlier, earlier than that. Yeah. But, but, but yes, but yeah, you're right, Jamie. A, a Hulk Hogan movie where he's a good guy is definitely going to be like this. We're in the white hat. You know, yeah. he gets multiple scenarios where there there are really bad guys saying, hey, there's a woman. I'm going to go knock her down and try and steal her wallet in this parking garage where he happens to be there. It's it's very shoehorned. 
Like, oh, it's for sure. It's like yeah. Steven Seagal sitting in the corner of the room <laughs> and the kids being like, they burned down our house. And somebody just next door saying, hey, I'm trying to eat my sausage here. Can you shut those kids up? <laughs> just just for the guy to stand up and beat their butt. You know, that that's it. Was, there was like where well, there were like six times in this movie where that happened. So that he could, you know, show his wrestling prowess. Obviously, you have to admit though that the the Hulk Hogan meltdown or the rip meltdown he has when he's <laughs> when he realizes that she's been taken away and he's throwing the barbells around and all that stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> no, no. You know what's awesome? The the waitress in that place where they go and they see that seedy underbelly <laughs> fighting and every everything she does, she's like, hey, "I'll get you a table," <laughs> and she's snorting <laughs> like. Or you guys are looking for the gay bar. That's down the street. (laughs) (laughs) These boys look like they're in the wrong place. That bathroom, man, I mean, I have to admit, you know, when when I made a trip to New York, I saw a few bathrooms that actually look like that. So, you know, those bathrooms are universal. They're not just in the South. I've only ever seen a urinal in that style once, and it's when I used to go to the the Nashville Sounds games here at Greer Stadium. They had one of those big urinals that was just a big tub. Yeah, I've never seen one since. What is the ice for? Yeah, I, a, I, I just never understood why they filled those up with ice. Sam Kinison had an answer for that, but I'm I'm just not going to answer. All right, <laughs> maybe it might just keep the smell down. Uh, Does the name Corona mean anything to you? Oh, <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. Oh my god. Yeah, me, this kind of hit me where I live, because uh, I was eight years old when this came out, and uh, the heat of Hulkamania, and I was I was a little Hulkamaniac back in those days, for sure. So yeah. my my father took me to go see this film in theaters, and I, as an eight-year-old, I was not disappointed. But now, you know, nostalgia rules, and like you guys mentioned, there's there's just him put, me put in situations where he has to fight people. Like, I, I love him just beating the fuck out of people with the, with the sassy black waitress in that, that, that restaurant... All to Hank Williams Jr. All my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. That 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 that's fun to me. You know. Yeah. This is a robbery because we're gonna rob you. We're gonna rob this place right here now. It's just, drop, yeah. your, drop your tacos, or I'm gonna blow your brains out. That's that's the wrong movie, but you know. <laughs> that's Toxic Avenger. I'm sorry, guys, but uh, uh, I, I love the the bar the bar crazy. Worst title for a thing ever, Battle of the Tough Guy. That's awful. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. <laughs> but the, the the bar stuff was fun. The, 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 the things to like about the old bar, you guys, they have a, midget, a laughing midget in the cage for no good reason. Right. Yeah, throwing stuff at them? That's <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, like you it's need not a bad reason. stuff, at least. I don't know. <laughs> Stan the Man Hansen, you guys talked about him. Talking about right. the t- those teeny wangers he was talking about, man. <laughs> Yeah. Could not stop laughing still when he says teeny wangers, you know. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. The 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 the, the, the final battle at the end is a lot of fun because, like X said, the ring is terrible, and you know they're not there to do anything, which is like have like a brawl. And I I love when the ring breaks. I remember when that that epic time had happened. What was it? Big Show versus somebody? Was it Big Show versus Brock? Um, Brock's Brock's F five broke the ring with the Big Show. Was that it? I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Well, this this was before that, and just the fact that Zeus had like no personality at all, where he could be dissuaded by the, the very awesome Brel making a video 
Magus, uh, Rip says Magus are less than Zeus, or whatever fucking says. <laughs> and, he, and he's he in there says, pumping like he's. Worms aren't good enough for you. <laughs> he's just sitting there pumping like. Gag on your rotting flesh. Yeah, he's in there pumping like Clubber Lang from Rocky Three. <laughs> no, I, I, I think he's just that dumb. Like he's sitting there eating his alphabet cereal, watching this television show, though it doesn't end. <laughs> oh, man. Didn't, um,. Didn't Celine Dion like also sing a song for the uh, the beginning of the match at the end? I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think she did. It was like, cause I'm your lady. Okay. <laughs> Pretty sure I remember that. No. For for, for some reason, the, the the awkward hotel room scene works for me when it sounds like he's <laughs> jacking off and he's doing really doing push-ups. You know. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> How did that work for your eight-year-old self? It did work for my eight-year-old. I, I didn't get the joke that, oh, he's, he's beaten off. That's really funny. All I can see, think about see, is now that, I have a lot of pity for your dad taking you to see that movie now. Well, my dad had a weird <laughs> sense of humor, you know. But much like any good dad, he appreciated a good dick and fart joke. And then and this, this <laughs> didn't have just a fart joke. It had a diarrhea joke because the guy literally evacuated his bowels. He was so afraid of Rip because Rip was right. crawling in his face, you know. Who wants that smell? Dooey! Dooey! Yes. It's, it's one of the best lines ever in any movie, because it's just so ridiculous. Um, best lines ever? I don't know. That's pushing it. <laughs> I don't know. In an 80s movie, we look for, like, immature stuff. Like, I, I love the film Joysticks. It's dumb as hell, but I enjoy the hell out of it. There's a lot of dumb lines in that movie. But um, Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of really... Did they? Well, I think the beginning match between him and uh, obviously Bruce the Barber Beefcake, but not Bruce the Barber Beefcake, was a missed opportunity. It should have been the Macho Man in the very beginning, in my opinion, because they had that feud going on at the time, and it would have been fit and perfect in their film. But yeah, yeah, missed opportunity there. Lots of missed opportunities. But um, Brel as as a villain is is pretty great because he just is like this ruthless person. Who, who how has, much fun? How much fun would that be? If if somebody yeah. handed you that script, I mean, you could just walk around a room and be like, "You, who I haven't fired, tell me something good, <laughs> or you're fired." It, is, it was so to be so much fun. I bet he went into work every day just laughing his ass off. Right. He took the script and was like, "You mean I can do whatever I want to with this?" <laughs> yeah. I want to give my ahead. character some depth. <laughs> A man so and, full of himself, he has a bust of himself in his office. It's great. <laughs> and in one of the scenes too earlier, y'all brought it up earlier, but it's when she gets mugged or whatever. When they <laughs> they knock her down, like rip her shirt open, like they're going to rape her or whatever. And then he pulls up on the bike and he goes, "Are you okay?" Yeah. And he just takes off after him. It's like you know, never mind picking her up, making sure she's all right. I'm just going to chase him down on a motorcycle. Because, uh, you know, he's laughing not... the whole time, too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly read my girl. But... <laughs> you can't run very far, brother. <laughs> Gotta go beat a tree or some shit like that. He says, I forget what he says. But, but yeah, I love, I love the, the confrontation scene where, where he's teaching the kids to wrestle or some shit. But he has that that awkward boner. I don't know what that's about. But there's a scene where they like, pan down. All you see is like half a stock sticking out of them spandex pants, you know, so. That's pretty powerful, I guess. You know, I, I don't know, but it's awkward, yeah, to have around, awkward to have around children, of course. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that. Uh, <laughs> it's, when, you, when you watch it in HD, Ricky, it kind of sticks out of the screen almost because it's just there. 
I'm telling you, man, visit YouTube. Check it out on there because it gives the movie new meaning. <laughs> okay. I mean, because they, because I knew something was up when it got to the part where they play the the uh, Hank Williams Jr. song, because it's like, you know, it's really. Well, do you want a drink? And it's like real slow. I was like, man, this movie is like really slow because unfortunately, I, I, unfortunately, I know that song too well. <laughs> That's what you guys need to show. Stro- do do stroke victim Hank Williams Jr. as a character. I, I I'd be all oh. over that, you know. All right. <laughs> write that down. Pencil it in for me. I, I'd appreciate that. Don't write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Stroked out Hank Williams Jr. I there like it. Go. There you go. Or Charlie Daniels. They're, they're interchangeable. You know, it's, 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 oh. Uh, no, I think, no, uh, the difference there is my wife would literally punch Hank Williams Jr. in the face if she ever met him. I don't think she hates Charlie Daniels that bad. <laughs> Hank Jr. is from our area. He lives like 30 minutes away from here, and he, he's a he's an ass. One <laughs> of those get up my lawn motherfuckers. <laughs> Just uh, I don't know. He's a local. That's the best way I can put it. Okay, but um, yeah, it's it, it holds up okay for me. It never was all that great a movie, but the fact that it took place when it did and came out when it did it really hit me where I lived as a as a young wrestling fan. Yeah. You know. Real dumb, hey, but then again, it's better than Body Slam. No hey, offense. man, you know, it's it's when you grew up, it, 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 you know, you saw it at the right time. I'm an Inframan fan for the same reason. Now watch it now, and it's terrible, but it's Inframan, you know. So yeah. you don't have to, you don't have to, to you know, cover your tracks here, man. It's it's what you grew up with. That's what makes it great. Yeah, for sure. But uh, we'll go straight into ratings now. Uh, Danny, what's your rating? One to ten, sir. One to ten. Um, okay. I give it a four, and the only reason it carries a four is because of the bad guy, and not Zeus. Yeah, <laughs> Zeus, Zeus is pretty useless. He's he's a yeah, he's a prop. He, even as a henchman, he's pretty useless. Yeah, he's got crazy eyebrows, though. Yes, he does. Well, one, he's, he has a unibrow. Yeah, he has like a V-shaped unibrow and a Z on the side of his head. That's that's kind of bad, and I mean bad as in bad. He's bad. <laughs> well, I gave it a four. Well, if he goes out on Halloween, he doesn't need to wear a Jason mask because he already has a little thing on top of his head, you know, so he's good to go. <laughs> <laughs> JV, what's your rating, girl? Well, I'm right with Danny this time. I'm I'm giving it a four. Now, I said I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but that's because I thought I would want to be digging out my eyeballs with spoons. <laughs> and that didn't happen. So... <laughs> Um, it had a couple funny moments and it was, you know, it was very eighties. I'll give it that, but it just really boiled down is not good. <laughs> Fair enough. X. Two. Two. <laughs> that is all. Two. It's a oh. strong decision. <laughs> Ricky. I support it. Uh, I give it. I give it three dookies, but that's uh, that's still two dookies more than I would give the Vanilla Ice movie. So it's oh, better than that. Me, me and Mr. Rockatansky would disagree with you on the Vanilla Ice movie. <laughs> that's a hard comparison, Rick. It really is. <laughs> there, there is no chasing around a housing project scene in this film, though. Like they have a cool Wait, as ice. The Vanilla Ice movie is that Tangerine Ninja Turtle Two: The Secret of the Ooze. No, that's that's no, pretty not... sweet too. This but we're talking about cool yeah. as ice. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Let's keep it that way. This movie. Has I'm gonna less, watch it right now. This movie has less Michael Gross than, than Cool as Ice has, and that's a bad thing too. 
That's true. You, you got gaps, Danny. I do. <laughs> I, I don't claim to be omniscient. <laughs> Get old fabulous old people in that movie. God, there's so much to love about Cool as Ice. I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not reviewing that film, though. But uh, me, I, I give uh, No Holds Barred 4 as well. Like I said, it's not a good movie, but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun movie to watch every once in a while, in my opinion. I've seen it more than five times, I'd say. I think. And if you had a bunch of people in a room and you were watching it, and you were just, like, making fun of it... Yeah, it'd be fun that way. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm no, sorry here. You were, <clears> you, <throat> were, you, you were fine, Danny. <laughs> but with that, uh, we're going to go into the thing that inspired this show, uh, being Fam of the Paradise, a 70s jam, not an 80s jam. So we'll hit into that right after this. <laughs>
Roll on thunder, shine on lightning The days are long and the nights are frightening Nothing matters anywhere and that's the hell of it Winter comes and the winds blow colder Well, some go wiser, you just grew older You never listened anyway, and that's the hell of it Good for nothing, bad in bed Nobody likes you, you're better off dead Goodbye, goodbye We've all come to say goodbye, 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 goodbye. Born defeated, died in vain Super destructive, you were hooked on pain And though your music lingers on All of us are glad you're gone If I could live my life half as worthlessly as you I'm convinced that I'll wind up burning too Love yourself as you love no one Be no man's fool and be no man's brother We're all born to die alone You know that's the hell of it Life's a game where they're bound to beat you And time's a trip they can turn to cheat you And we only wasted anywhere And that's the hell of it Good for nothing, bad in bed Nobody likes you and you're better off dead Goodbye, goodbye We've all come to say goodbye, 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 goodbye Born defeated, died in vain Super destructive, you were hooked on pain Though your music lingers on Well, all of us are glad you're gone of the paradise from 1974 I, I, just for fun i'm gonna give ricky ricky what's the plot synopsis for fan of the paradise sir well just just the greatest movie ever that's all <laughs> no you've got uh, the classic story of uh, a musician selling his soul to the devil basically for the rights of fame and fortune uh it's really a culmination of a lot of different classic stories thrown into one you got a little fan of the opera you've got uh 
the Faust story, and you've also got uh, uh, Roller Boogie. You know, so you got all three of those kind of <laughs> mixed together. Uh, it's just a classic, man. Uh, yeah, picture of Dorian Gray's in there too. Dorian Gray for sure. Yep. So uh, you know, they just took all the ideas from from all the classic you know stories like that and just made a '70s fiasco of it. And uh, Brian De Palma, man, uh, you get to see the beginnings of, of his genius. You know, he's he'd done a couple of uh, thrillers before this, but to me, you can really see him starting to stretch his wings with this movie and and, uh, and some of the the things that he's known for. You can see the beginnings of that in this movie. Yep. Well, I'll start with Jamie. What'd you think about *Phantom of the Paradise*? Oh, I love this movie. This was um, this was super fun. Definitely the highlight for me, um, and one that I knew. Um, I had only actually ever seen it one other time before, which surprised the hell out of Brian, and actually surprised me too. I'm a huge De Palma fan. I enjoy this. I like rock operas. I mean, there's no reason in the world that I shouldn't have watched this movie a lot more. I so I can't explain why I didn't. I think it looks great. Uh, I love the music. It's just, and it's weird, and that's why I love it. It's uh, you know really fun. It also seemed to really fly by. Like it, I felt like uh, it was over before it should have been over. And because uh, when I got to the end, I was like, oh, wow, we're here already. I didn't even I, I didn't know. And so um, that you know is usually a good sign. And yeah, I mean this was it's a it's a fantastic movie and if anybody out there or at least in my opinion and if anybody out there has not seen it then i uh this is one from the group that i have to recommend mm-hmm. sweet uh danny uh i absolutely agree with everything that's been said i i think that it's it's visually stunning uh the the camera work and specifically the the split screen and the and the double action that is used it's like you said it, it moves so quickly because it it orchestrates so many things to operate at the same time that as the story is going on, it never gives you a dull moment. Um, it's it, it's just got this this lavish you know the 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 bad guys in it are 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 despisable, but at the same time their lifestyle is so uh, uh, opulent you know that that it's just it just has so much to see and the story that you're familiar with you know it, it's 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 based on some really really well known tropes for some really well-received stories you know the phantom of the opera and dorian gray and faust you know the, the whole idea of, of sacrificing what makes you uh, sacrificing your humanity for fame and the underbelly of that I, I just it's not your typical de palma either i mean maybe because it's earlier but it, it's just it's so it's got so much camp in it yeah, you know the like the juicy fruits and yeah. and uh, and all the musical numbers and it's camp, but at the same time it's so seedy that it kind of tricks you into thinking that it's not hokey. And I just I agree wholeheartedly that anybody who hasn't seen it should just go check it out because I think it holds up. And you might look at it and say, oh well, their haircuts or their outfits are outdated, but you're not going to look at it and say that it looks old. And you're not going to look at it and say that the acting is bad. You might just get distracted by the time frame it was made in. And it was made the year I was born, you know, so it's 42 years old. So, I mean, <laughs> if it holds up at all, then that's that's definitely uh, an achievement. And I think it holds up and it could also draw new audiences. Um, X? It's actually really 
really hard for me to talk about this movie because I feel like it's overwhelming in so many ways. But I mean, everybody's everybody's hitting on everything on everything that's important about it. I don't understand why we're not singing songs from Phantom the same way that we sing songs from, say, Rocky Horror. Absolutely. Or Grease. Uh, yes, I said the same thing. This soundtrack is f- phenomenal. It's it just is. amazing. Um, I even said there were some great, I, when we were watching this last night, I was like, there are some great costume ideas here. Like, I would love to do some of this for Halloween. Sad part is nobody would get it. I mean, right, people right? would get it if you dressed as characters from Rocky Horror people won't get it if you dress his characters from phantom of the paradise and that is sad yep i love it because this is jessica harper's first movie and you know my favorite movie ever is suspiria so of course i'm just happy to see her in friggin anything um and talking about you know kind of watching de palma become de palma not only do you have the split screens which he really got famous for 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 carrie but um I think if you look at the character of Beef, <laughs> you can kind of see Craig Wasson in Body Double. Absolutely. You know, so I mean, that's a, that's a seed that was planted really early. But, but I, I, one of the other things that we just have to talk about is fucking Paul Williams. Holy yeah. shit. That guy. I mean, you have to realize back in the 70s, he wasn't just a singer songwriter and performer he was a i mean he was a celebrity he was on right. every talk show he yep. was on the game shows i mean you could not escape paul williams and you couldn't i mean you couldn't overlook him even though he's only like four foot tall but short little dude but just <laughs> packed full of talent and i mean i know he went through some shit in his personal life but my god back in the 70s he was he was a demigod Right. So to see him in this character of Swan, who just, you know, sells his soul to the devil for success and all for vanity, which is interesting to me, just it's I'm sure there are parallels that you could draw. And I am not going to. I'm just going to say he's like every Twilight Zone bad guy rolled up into one. Yep. You know, so Danny was talking about it not being hokey. There are some. In some ways, it kind of comes across as, say, bad summer stock. But when it comes together in that third act, especially that great Alice Cooper kind of opening to the show where they're decapitating people in the audience and ripping people in half with their fucking bayonets, basically, on the headstocks of their guitars. It's it's amazing. There's nothing, nothing like this before or since so yeah just hey as everybody else said if you haven't seen it watch this movie because i'm going to also <laughs> yeah yep <clears throat> what ricky what, what are some of your best parts about this film sir oh man i mean stand back this could get a little long <laughs> i say that to go the ladies ricky. all the time <laughs> go ricky <laughs> just the tip sir just the tip <laughs> so uh for me, th- this is tied for first place for my all-time favorite movie. It's between this and Superman the movie, the first Superman movie. Um, and from week to week, I go back and forth on which one is my favorite of all time. To me, this movie is – it hits all of my buttons. Everything I like about movies is in this one movie. 
and it's put together so great. I love the fact of you get to see a genius filmmaker. Like I said, it's the beginnings of the things that he is known for forever. Particularly, you know, we talked about the split screen stuff, but the scene where Winslow Leach is playing a song and 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 uh, Swan is just listening, and they're you know, it's the 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 Faust song that he's doing and the camera's going around the piano while action is going on at the same time is very reminiscent of when Carrie and, and uh, her boyfriend are dancing at the prom and they're spinning around, but the camera's moving around them at the same time. So you and can it see- goes on for fucking ever. Right, right. Holy shit. It feels like that's a 20 minute long sequence. I'm sorry. Go right. ahead. But you're right. I mean, but if you can tell that all these things are being put in place. And the other thing about this movie is, you don't really realize it, but this movie was so ahead of its time. The whole idea of everything being videotaped. I mean, we are living now in a a society that watches TV shows that are reality TV. This movie is all about reality TV before it was even thought of. They're going to do a live, you know, uh, where they knock off, you know, Phoenix's character live on stage, a live execution. And it's all set up. And if you notice throughout the whole movie, there's little video cameras up in just about every corner and they turn and they're focusing on what's going on. When Beef is doing his cocaine, he's trying to hide from the camera because he knows it's all being seen. So ahead of its time. I mean, that's exactly where we're at now where these are the things that people pay to see. Uh, Also, the fact of, you know, look at Beef's character when they first introduce him and he's all hardcore, heavy metal kind of guy, right? Then he gets on stage and he's anything but. I mean, look at the re- the revelation of Rob Halford. Here's the metal god who's gay. You know, it's just funny that we put these characters <laughs> in place that are hardcore, heavy, demonized people. And, you know, <laughs> but I mean, we'll think about it realistically. I mean, that's, you know, he was calling that out in the 70s and through the 90s and stuff is where it became a reality of, you know, no, this is all fake. These are all, you know, happy go lucky, lighting the loafers people in half the time. So. You know, it's just interesting that this points out to all that stuff. I'm only laughing because when Halford came out, I I feel like the initial response was, what, Halford? No way, with that leather and that motor. Oh. (laughs) Exactly. It was was right in front of you the whole time, and you never saw it, you know? It's interesting interesting that you bring up the the whole videotaping of things, reality TV show, and and pushing for it in that, too, because earlier – uh, Jamie mentioned Rocky Horror Picture Show, and you know the follow-up to that shock treatment, very much the same kind of exactly. televised life kind of thing. It, it, people were getting an inkling of it, but, it, right. but that was definitely that was what that was six years That's after this movie, a long time after. So, and also the uh, oh man, the, the the montages that are put together, the soundtrack. I wore two copies of the soundtrack out. I love this movie. Paul Williams, like. X was saying earlier was everywhere. He would even fill in for Johnny Carson from time to time. That's how popular this guy was. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, uh, and believe it or not, man, I still, I still would love to have his hairdo. He's got this movie, man. I think it's like the coolest hair ever, you know. And <laughs> I hate, looks like an Ewok, man. I hate musicals, man. <laughs> I absolutely hate musicals. But for some reason, I, I don't classify this one as a musical because when the music happens, it's on stage. They're performing. It's not like they're sitting on a Kenyan side and they just break out into song. Well, you know, I can't stand that kind of stuff. So except this for, one puts music in, the, in the right Winslow, place. Winslow's a short little song. You know, I never thought that to go and meet the devil. That song, you know, that yeah, little yeah. that little song. 
Yeah. Oh, funny fact about that. Uh, that was shot in Texas at Dallas, and uh, I actually got Danny to go with me, and I actually did that same walk that he did up to the to the. Uh, it's the Red Rock now, but or what is it called? I don't know. It's still Swan the Swanage to me, but it's, we uh, found the we found the building, and he actually videotaped me doing the same walk that Winslow does. So yeah, I'm I'm a little geeky about this movie, man. It's uh, like the the Redstone Courthouse or something. It was a courthouse, yeah. right? What are you doing outside the Swanage? Swan said he'd have it on him. I mean, it's got you know all the crazy stuff, the 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 courtroom scene. You know, it was just the great big. You know, everything's out of proportion. Life, but I'm innocent. I mean, the way all that stuff is just put together is is so entertaining, so fast paced. The movie flies by. It's got horror in it. It's got science fiction. It's got comedy. I just absolutely love this movie, and I will defend it to my grave. I, I just think it's a it's a masterpiece that's overlooked, and it's a shame it doesn't get the love it deserves. And it's just because people don't know what to classify it as. They they don't know where it falls, so they're afraid to take a chance because well, it's a musical, but it's not really a musical. It's it's cut. It's kind of a retelling of Phantom of the of the, of the uh, Phantom of the Opera, but it's not really that either. So I think it just it couldn't find a home. And I think that's what hurts it. But uh, I hope you won't have to defend it because hopefully no one will be trashing it. Yeah, right. But uh, it's just that thing of getting other people to watch it that I think yeah. would find it very interesting. And it's hard to convince them to take that first step. And uh, it's just fantastic. Oh, another another fact about it, too, is uh, you notice that when, when he loses his voice, they build the box for him to talk through. And George Lucas actually kind of stole that idea for Darth Vader. And uh, – he and De Palma had a had a talk about that. So it's funny that uh, all through the making of *Phantom of the Paradise*, they kept getting sued over things. You know, the electrocution of beef on stage was too close to something that really happened to a band at that time, so they sued them. And then you had the the original name of of the of the Death Records was actually Swan Song, which is the same label that Led Zeppelin had started up. And so it got all these lawsuits that it went through just to get made. And then you turn around and the biggest sci-fi movie of all time took an idea from Phantom of the Paradise. One other thing, too, this um, Sissy Spacek was the set right. director yeah. or set decorator for this movie, and this is where she met her husband, uh, Jack right. Fisk. And, of course, this is probably how she got on to Carrie also. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <clears throat> sorry. No, it's yours. Oh, me, myself. I, I uh, There's a lot of weird stuff about this film that I'm, I'm going to talk about. Like, like, the idea of rebranding. Because at the very beginning, you get the Juicy Fruits, and yeah. then he 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 tells him, I get tired of the nostalgia kick, so he turns him into something else. The, the, the beach bars, right. I think they are. And then he turns him into something else, and they supposedly get blown up because it's the same band every single time. They're exactly. just they're just different. You know, they reinvent themselves, much like the artists of today. But that's never really been in that movie before until until you know this movie did it, and I thought that was pretty neat. Yep. And uh, well, X talked about the vanity thing. You know, I, I love the fact that. The, the the only term of uh, him him basically selling his soul for his vanity is that he had to his vanity comes into play because he was told he had to watch the tape every single day. He goes, "Well, that's fine. I like pictures of myself, you know." So the fact yeah. that he loved himself so much, it really came into play. That was pretty awesome. Um, I never really got the ending until like last year. The whole fact that he he burnt all the tapes, like, yeah, now I know why why it happened, you know. And, Right. If you really miss that little quip of the movie, which is 
it's not a weak point of the movie, but if you missed that little part about how Swan can be taken down, the ending may be totally lost on you when he rips the mask off and his face is melting and you right. know. Well he does he does say I'm under contract too. Yes. Right. Um music's great, like you guys said. <laughs> And juicy fruits. I love the juicy fruit song at the beginning. It's it's so <laughs> yeah. amazing. They make me miss Shanana. Yes, and that's exactly what it was aimed after. Yep. I know, I know, and it's just I'm watching it going, oh, "God damn, I miss Shanana." I really, I love the <laughs> shit out of them, and <laughs> and I miss it. Uh, I think Philbin's a character that you either feel sorry for or you know you're you're not for at all because he's hanging out with Swan, giving all the bands drugs and doing all this bad stuff for Swan, but. When your when your spirit animal when your when your when your son is Greaser Greg from the Garbage Pail Kids, I guess you got a fair shake for anything, you know. <laughs> He's the Peter Grant of the group. He's like Led Zeppelin's old road manager. But see, at least it landed with somebody. But when I when I made a joke that you know uh, Steve the Colonel Cropper look, looks like the Teen Wolf from the first Teen Wolf film, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are the father. People didn't laugh at that joke when I posted it to Facebook, and I was very disappointed, you know, but that was landed. It landed here. That made me happy. But um, <laughs> Paul Williams, I think, even even when he's evil, I can't think he's evil because this, this is the, the man who wrote all the good Muppet songs. And, you know, right. I, 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 that's all I see him as, is the guy that wrote the Muppet songs. It made me happy. There's no connection, man. Oh, man, that, that one and... uh. I'm going to go back there someday. It's like that's, oh, yeah. it's like right. mother's milk oh. to me. That song makes you fucking cry. You know, just, um, but Paul Williams' this film is, is is deplorable. Is a deplorable character, uh, not as yeah. deplorable as little little Enos from Smoking the Bandit. You know, but <laughs> he's got money for for a not, not cheap suit in this film. Um, William William uh, was William Finley is his name the the actor. Yeah. Yeah. Who I know from the the Chuck Norris slasher epic Silent Rage, you know. Besides, oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's an awesome one. <laughs> but, uh, um, he did fine in his role. Although I think the, the the ADR work is 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 much to be desired in this film, especially. And I'm sure to Paul and I did this on purpose. When when Beef is singing, and Beef, you know, our, our patron saint yeah. Beef. If I had to think a patron saint of this film of, of this show, we play yeah. his scream every single show. So yep, that's that's when I started listening. I was like, "All right, they're 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 heel." <laughs> that character you mentioned about Rob Halford, you know, has but if Rob Halford ever wore unsen- uh, unsensible wooden clogs on stage? Hey, I, actually, if you go back and you watch early Judas Priest stuff, it's very very much like what Beef was wearing. Man, I swear, you go back and look at like you know early seventies Judas Priest stuff live. And he's wearing the big, you know, the clothes everybody else is wearing. He looked like somebody that was in Queen, you know. He he dressed that way. But I love it when Beef comes out. Like you mentioned, he had that giant chest plate. He looked he looked very metal, and you know, even when Beef is first introduced, in a way, because they had that that round table, that round table where he's he's looking for his sound, which is another part Fantastic. of the book. It's great. Yeah, it's like they got the yeah. gospel thing, you got the country thing, you got the folk thing, and all of a sudden there's Beef, just decked out like he's David Bowie or something, and. It, <laughs> That's the best he's ever looked. You know, sorry, Gary Graham. You know, but I, I love you and your pleasure dome and and, and terror television. But uh, this is the best you've ever looked. And that that, that image of him just you know strumming his guitar, to get the arm up. You know, it's 
It's totally Bowie. And it, this is right. like before Bowie started doing like all the crazy stuff like that that and right. so it was either like right with Bowie or predates Bowie. And the makeup job, you know, when the the group that opens up, I mean, is very very Kiss like mm-hmm. and this is, you know, this was made in 73. Kiss was just signing a record contract, so they never he was st- a little ahead of the head of the curve on that too. They never stole from anybody. I don't want to hear any different, man. You know, just ne- ne- never at all. They didn't steal from Alice Cooper whatsoever. <laughs> it's interesting that a movie went out of its way to kind of lionize glam rock the way that it did at, right. at, at that point. You know, it's really fast. That's really. I don't want to say it's like a snapshot because that's stupid and people say that all the time, but it really is indicative of that time period where yep. you could do stuff like that. You could be the New York Dolls. You could be Kiss. You could, you know, you could be Joe Bryant for crying out loud and get away with it. <laughs> yeah. And just the fact of, you know, even the lines are so, you know, you're going to have to get yourself a constrata to sing this, you know, and, and it would just change it up, you know, make it completely yours. So, you know that whole that whole conversation there of does that mean I can just change it to whatever? Yeah, people don't care what you sing about. No, the lyrics don't matter. And it was that whole mindset of you know this music is that you know nobody cares. And that's the point De Palma was trying to make. I think he said the inspiration for this movie he was riding in an elevator and he heard some music and it was a Beatles song. And he was like, who would do this? You know, why is music just regurgitated like this and turned into something and it steals its soul and he nailed it. I mean, because we're still seeing the repercussions of that now. When you look at the stuff that that's out there, and I'm not trying to sound like an old fogey, but man, you hear the stuff now, you're like, is there even words to this song? Turn down for what? I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, and people are making millions off of somebody else that does a catchphrase in a song from 20 years ago, and people think it's new, and you're just like, how did this happen? So this movie just reveals all that stuff. Yeah, like I said, the music, uh, they were saying the music is, you know, written in, and, you know, and, and you know, words of music by Paul Williams it really plays well in this film, especially the end song, uh, for the hell of it, just the hell of it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's the hell of it. That's good stuff, man. And uh, yeah. if you've never seen the, the his performance on the Brady Bunch variety hour of this song, that's <laughs> it's so- also in the. It was also in the uh, the uh, the Hardy Boys too. Yeah, that's episode some, of the Hardy Boys. That's something to, to YouTube right there. That performance and <laughs> it's pretty great. You know, um, yeah, Swan is just a. You wouldn't think he'd be a sex symbol in this film, but it kind of works, especially when he first comes into his his. Uh, I love I love uh, Swan's poon palace, as I'm going to call it in this film, <laughs> which is just a bed of willing ladies ready to have sex with him. I guess for an opportunity to do something, I, I don't know, but somehow this this tiny man became a sex symbol and became a gigantic. They explained all the beginning. He brought rock to something. Like he took something to Liverpool. Yeah. You know, he explains it all <laughs> how how he got so big, and for for all these ladies to say yeah, because ladies they they play real well. Ladies dig power, and then Philbin makes that speech um, right at the beginning about. The one that got away, and this thing, he basically said that she's yesterday's news, and that's pretty much how most you yep. mentioned the bands of today are. You know, they could have like one or two songs, but most of them are pretty disposable, and yep. that that really made a commentary on you know how disposable these these record ty- record types think their artists are. 
Yep. And, and uh, that that uh, that was really something. And uh, this whole film's really something. It's theatrical. It's it's fun to watch. If you haven't seen it, dive right in. I'm not. I can't call myself the the biggest De Palma fan because I haven't seen a lot of it for one thing. De Palma's like David Lynch. I haven't seen a lot of it. So maybe if I watch it and I think it's good, uh, I'll watch more of it. But I've, I've watched this one a lot of times because it's just fun. Well, yep. you know, it's like you said about <clears throat> about him bringing you know someone to Liverpool. That, that it's less about him being the guy there. It's more about his power enabling him to make those connections. And I, it also, like you said, the artists, the artists are there to you know add potency to his career. And and that's illustrated no better than when he steals Winslow's song. You know, it isn't really about the artist. They're there on the stage, but it's all about his power having to have a mouthpiece. And right. to the point where he also has to revitalize. So he steals Winslow's song because he needs something. He saves the best things for him. And so, again, you're, you're looking at the, well, for the theme of your show today, you know, you're looking at the evil corporate mastermind. You know, he's taking the the best bits for himself and then he's making sure there's enough out there so that his his company, that his empire can continue to run even when he's not putting something out. But he's waiting for the best thing to attribute to himself. And the, and to go along with that, the whole scene, and I don't know if you catch it or not, but Dolby. when he when he yes. exactly when when he's changing, uh, changing Winslow's voice, he changes it into his own voice to be able to capture that and claim it as his own. I mean, it's just, you I know, I can't see Paul Williams without thinking of that scene with him, like, you know, <laughs> with, with him being, um, being, who is John Lennon's producer? I'm thinking of a uh, specter, Phil specter. Oh, He's specter. back there being Phil specter, you know, pushing right. this stuff around. Dolby. I just always think of that Feel whenever dirt. I see him now. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, he, he made him in his, his image. He, he took his voice essentially, right. like he said, and then he, he built his voice back up in his image. Yeah. Like the, to, to, and ironically, he sings that song on the soundtrack, and you got the soundtrack, and it's a Paul Williams version of that song. Exactly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> nice. it's just, just brilliant, man. I mean, this movie, it's weird that a movie like this would have this much thought put into it, really. I mean, when you think about it, it's a much deeper story than than it should be. Yeah, I, I didn't mention Jessica Harper, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk more about her. Actually, you guys mentioned Shock Treatment. That's coming for the next episode, so with, ah. with two two other films that are kind of like that, but we'll, we'll see how that goes. But <laughs> uh, one more one more thing to go along with because you brought it up while ago, but and I think X will will agree with me. But uh, man, I, I have a thing for seventies women. The seventies ladies to me just do something for me. So yep. this movie's full of it. <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of tone deaf ones too, which which turns me off totally. <laughs> what I loved about uh, Jessica Harper in this was that she has a very Karen Carpentry quality yes. to yes. her, and I fucking love Karen Carpenter. I've always been a huge, and I love seventies women too. I particularly love seventy. I'm one of those. All right, my friends always make fun of me because I have this big thing for what they call seventies sentimental crap. Like yeah. AM Gold, and um, you know I listen to metal uh, quite a bit, and and uh, that's what Brian likes, and and so he's down with that. But then like he'll come home from somewhere, and I'll just have like the Carpenters cranked up, or you know, and he's like, "What the hell?" Like, you know, <laughs> it's like Jamie and, bread, bread again, Jamie, please, you know. 
there's not yeah, a better vocalist on the planet. It. Yeah, there's not a better vocalist on the planet than Karen Carpenter. I mean, that voice Thank is you. just incredible. And, and uh, that's immediately what I thought of when I was watching yes. this. She's, she's, man, Jessica Harper's got an incredible voice. Oh, Paul Williams connection. He did write Rainy Days and Mondays. So, oh yeah, yeah. he wrote a lot of a lot of Carpenter stuff. Yeah, we've well, only just how, begun. No, well, then you know what? That may, I didn't even realize that. So that makes sense. And you know, I actually sang "We've Only Just Begun" at my wedding. All right, oh. let's break I out did, the um, I followed it. I well, I started with Annie's song, and then it went into uh, "We've Only Just Begun." And you and my and wife would be best friends. That's how cheesy I am, right there. <laughs> Oh my god. But I guess we'll shoot into ratings now and uh I'll start with Danny. What'd you think of the film and what's your rating, sir? I mean I'm I'm never afraid to uh I'm never afraid to give credit where credit is due and I'll have to give it a ten out of ten. I mean it's one of those things where uh, Rick hit the nail on the head. It's hard to it's hard to compartmentalize it. It's hard to give it a genre. And for that reason, people overlook it. You know, they, they don't know what they're watching, so they start to it, the way people are, you know, and, and myself included, I'm not going to say I'm above it. When you don't understand something, you make fun of it. And I think it suffers from that. You know, it, it's something that people don't know what they're watching. So their very first impulse is to make jokes. And then, you know, it suffers because other people aren't able to to kind of see the the genius. I was fortunate that Rick came to me and said, you've got to watch this movie. And because I trust his his opinions and and because he's introduced me to a lot of really amazing things, I was able to watch it with clear <laughs> eyes. Yeah, like King Cobra. King Cobra. Well, you know Pat Morita's in that movie. Like, but ultimately, well, I though, thought I mean, you meant the Carmine Peace Band. I'm sorry. Oh yes, ready to strike. I'll just say I'll just say also De Palma. I mean. He introduced me to several De Palma films all at once, and so I was able to look at common threads. And I think that it, it's a not only is it a movie that was overlooked; it's hard to categorize. It's a ten. Also, if it had been picked up and looked at with the same fervor as, say, for instance, Rocky Horror Picture Show, it would have changed the ways the way movies were made. American Graffiti. Movies coming up with split screen, uh, fast editing, things that like Edgar Wright is doing now. It took an extra 30 years to get here because Brian De Palma didn't get noticed on this one. Fair enough. Uh, Jamie. Well, this is a two times five. (laughs) Two times five. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this I can't think of anything wrong with this movie. If you can find something wrong with this movie, then I think there's probably something wrong with you. I just I just don't see it. It is. It does not get the credit it deserves. It does not get the the talking abouts it deserves. And uh, that is just tragic, purely tragic. And um, that's pretty much all I have to say. It's it's brilliant. Great. Uh, Ricky? Well, obviously, it's my favorite movie of all time, so obviously it's going to get a 10. But uh, you have to follow that up with, what was that? What was what? <laughs> Oh, I knew I shouldn't be screwing around with a dead man's music. <laughs> yeah, I just there's so many lines, man. Hey, Tinkerbell, where do you think you're going? Cincinnati to see my mother. <laughs> uh, it's just the best, man. I love everything about this movie. Uh, God, it is just perfect for me. It it is the Ricky Morgan movie. The Ricky the Ricky Morgan story. 
Yes. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. I actually redid the, the Phantom's theme, too. I have to send it to you guys so you can check it out. Oh, nice. Uh, X, what do you think, sir? Um, yeah, I'm with everybody else. It's a 10. It's an acquired taste. Yes. I can understand why some people would not dig it, but uh, for me, that's it's it's a solid 10. Um, for me, it, it, I'd say it took a good... If I had to make a recommendation for film. I'd say it'd take you a good, if you're one of these people like me, a good three or four times to, to really get it and absorb everything. Just take yeah. it all in. Because even, even with this, this viewing for this show, I, I caught new stuff. Yep. And it, that that helps with, with repeated viewings. Is the, the music keeps you in it. It, it, all, it all keeps you in it. The, the colorful, they're, they're almost like cartoons. Sw- Swan's a, car- a cartoon character. Beef's a cartoon character. The Phantom definitely is a cartoon character. And it, it, it's mixed in with all this. I wouldn't call it high drama, but definitely a story you you, you can get behind, you know, because it, it happens all too often. I'm sure somebody getting creating something and having it stolen from them, you know. And, and uh, it, it's it's a it's a two. No, no, I'm playing. It's it's a, it's a ten out of ten. It's it's, it's pretty great. And uh, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll leave it at that. Basically, we we talked a lot about it. But now, uh, I think you, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, you nailed it because I think that's what drew me into is because every time you watch it, you came away with something else. So you're always picking up on things that you didn't notice the first time, and that's what makes it great is being able to go back and pick up things every time. De Palma was great at that. But yeah, now it's a uh, time for the the latest sensation that's ruling part of our little nation, America's new favorite game show. Who scowls it anyway, John? I don't know what's wrong with me, but whenever I see them on my TV, I can't tell the difference between Richard Lynch and Klaus Kinski. No, 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 no. To me, they're just so insane. And whenever I see them, I always flinch because I can't tell the difference between Klaus Kinski and Richard Lynch. Alright guys, in case you guys didn't know and listen to the show lately, uh, we're doing this little thing on here called Who Scowls Anyway, where we take three films, they may be Richard Lynch films, or they may be Klaus Kinski films, and I, I don't know, uh, I never could tell the two apart when I turned on the television, because it looked exactly <laughs> like to me. So I made this stupid little game, which you guys are going to play now, I guess we'll alternate between the two of you. We'll, uh, I give you a, a, a plot synopsis and nothing else, you guys get to decide... If it's a Kinski film or a Richard Lynch film. But uh, I'll start with Danny. Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no real plans to go into this. It's, just, it's, it's, it's more like a guess, really. But this uh, plot synopsis goes, Mike Catton was once a world-renowned construction foreman, at least in the construction world, but an accident left him with a serious fear of heights. Unable to climb the big skyscrapers while under construction, he retired and became a truck driver. But when an old friend needs him to help out put up a building, and when, when the old friend gets harassed and threatened by the, an evil corporate type, 
he comes out of retirement and assembles the creme de la creme of, of the construction world. Together, they race against time to finish the building while the evil corporate type tries to stop them. Is this a Richard oh. Lynch film or is it a Klaus Kinski film? I'm going to have to say it's a Richard Lynch film. Is is this Big Trouble in Little China? No, it's not. <laughs> but you are, you are correct on, on that. This is called Simply Steel from 1979. I knew it! Lee Majors! <laughs> Wait, Steel with Shaquille O'Neal? No, not that Steel. It's a different Steel. Oh, oh. I don't think, any, I don't think either of those guys were in that film, but you know what? That would have made that movie much better, though, if it had that synopsis. <laughs> Judd Nelson is just uh, chewing up scenery in that film. Judd Nelson, yeah, and he's so puffy. <laughs> All right, next plot synopsis is for Ricky, and it goes such as this. This horror, this horror slash thriller movie tells the tale of a young girl who is terrified that her insane mother will take her away from her beloved foster mother. One day, the crazed real mother attempts to contact the girl at school, but her foster mother has a premonition, just like the title of the movie, obviously, and gets there in time to protect the girl. Eventually, though... The real mother and her boyfriend, a carnival clown, succeed and takes her away, leaving the bereaved foster parents to enlist the assistance of a parapsychologist to help them interpret the foster mother's terrifying dreams and psychic connection to the girl and find her before it's too late. Is this a Lynch film or is it a Kinsky film? I just wish I could have been in the room when somebody pitched that film. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Let's go with the Lynch. Uh, you're correct, and that's that's two. That'd be two out of three. We're gonna play this third one just just because you guys already won the game. So your prize is we get to review something stupid of your choice, and uh, <laughs> which is uh, yeah, that, that'll be coming up soon. I'm sure. <laughs> one more. I'm all over it. They're all over it. Yeah, one more. Yeah. Let's do this one. This should be a pretty excellent. I know what this one is. This is for Danny. Max, an ex-con drifter with a penchant for brawling, is amused by Lion, a homeless ex-sailor, and they partner as they head east together. Is it a Lynch or a Kinski film? <laughs> that sounds like a Klaus Kinski film to me. Is, it, is, it, that is, is there any kind of like off-screen rape going on? I don't think so, but that, that's incorrect. Okay. That's Scarecrow from 1973, featuring yep. Gene Hackman and Al Pacino. But you guys won anyway, so... Can you guys think of something off the top of your head? Something really stupid for us to review would, would, would be, uh, I, I guess I'd be, be thankful for that, because I like to watch crap anyway, but uh, Ricky and or Danny, what do you think, sirs? So, well, it's like a punishment it's review? It's a punishment for, for us, <laughs> not, not for you guys, you know. Uh, ah. You know, I, I'm just going to I'm gonna take this opportunity to make you watch Hollow Point. <laughs> I don't That's know a what, good movie. I don't know what that is, but... Uh, it's a great movie, and you're all going to watch it now, so it's going to be good. Okay. Yeah, Hollow Point with John Lithgow, uh, Tia Carrera, uh, Donald Sutherland. Sutherland, yeah. It's got the guy who was the bad guy karate instructor in Karate Kid Three. Oh yeah, he's also guy. in what like the the Blackjack movies. I've seen it. It's <laughs> a good movie. <laughs> it was either going to be that or King Kong Lives. So, <laughs> ah, well, which well, which one is it? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Hollow Point? I already said Hollow, it. Okay. Hollow Point's pretty good. Well, it's not really a bad movie, I don't think. It's King well, Kong. I've never seen King Kong. Is it a bad movie? 
Oh my oh, gosh. Yes. Oh Jesus. <laughs> we could bring up King Kong Lives and we could tell you to review the big hit. Oh, I love that film. Yeah. The yeah. big hit's fantastic. Yeah, it is. Is 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 it, is it worse or better than Turkish Star Wars? Because that's gonna be a thing coming up on the show pretty soon. Turkish Star oh Wars. Oh my god, awesome. Gary, why? Because <laughs> I wanna punish Ryan Lewis, that's why, okay? Just because <laughs> oh. Oh, it doesn't matter. I mean, whatever y'all want to watch. I mean, that's cool. I mean, I think Hollow Point's a lot of fun, but King Kong Lives is pretty bad. Okay, we'll probably pick the latter then. What so, about Mean Guns? <laughs> mean Guns. Mean Guns is awesome. That's a great mean cast. Guns is great. <laughs> mean Guns, man. It was directed by the same guy who did The Sword and the Sorcerer. We came to find out. Yeah. Weird <laughs> coincidence. They want bad movies, dude. I don't. <laughs> I think I think it's the definition that's of bad that's called right. maybe it's, it's settled in. Poultry Geist. No ah, sweet. God, I hate that movie so much. Double it with oh, Thanks Killing. No. We're good to go. Please no. Fortunately we already reviewed Poultry Geist, so Jamie doesn't oh. have to watch it again. Yay! <laughs> Yay. But with all that craziness, we're gonna be right back to close out the show. Hello? Hello, who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Oh, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait, don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn? You're making popcorn. Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to podcasts. I'm about to listen to a podcast. Oh, really? Which one? Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Most episodes, they look at two different horror movies. Each episode, they look at a world of a strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes, they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors' discographies and talk about them. Do you have a boyfriend? Maybe. So where can I find the podcast on Haunted Hill? Well, you can go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, are you going to ask me out? An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Where will they put some damn werewolves on TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? An obscure body in the SK system, Your Majesty. The inhabitants refer to it as the planet Earth. How peaceful it looks. Most effective, Your Majesty. Will you destroy this Earth? Destroy it utterly. 
Send Rick and Penny in Wool Rocket HX. So, just destroy it? That's what Ming said. Don't you ever listen? Well, there's no arguing with Ming. Hail Ming. Wait! You see those transmissions on the Visua screen? Crow? Nightmare on Elm Street? Chud too? Black Belt Jones? Nightbreed? What's a critter? Oh, I've seen those things. Flash? I guess we could wait a while before the destruction. Yeah, and watch the movies. And talk about them. The Helming Power Hour. Disobedience to Ming. For now. You can find us at Legion Podcasts. You can find us on Facebook. iTunes. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. At www. You know what? Just Google it for yourself. Just Google it, you bastages. Helming. Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Samurai Cop? Army of Darkness? Flash Dance? <laughs> <laughs> we might destroy the planet if it's Flash Dance. Another successful show, that, that thanks to my glorious co-host, because I don't do shit on this show. But uh, thanks to Ricky and Danny for coming on. Take a dive out of their busy hail minging schedule to come on our show. They work. Yeah, real, man, it's been a blast. They yeah. work. Real, they work real hard on their show, and uh, yeah, we just talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> but by, by the way, Jimmy Stewart telling the story of Rawhead Rex was one of the best things ever, and uh, <laughs> I, I, I thank you for that. You got uh, Christopher Walken doing uh, Carnosaur coming next. So. Oh. <laughs> That one's out. Yeah, it just came out yesterday. Oh, I, gotta, so. I gotta listen to it still. Yes, definitely for sure. And there's a great Michael Caine on there too. I'm not going to reveal what it is, but it's fantastic. <laughs> but um, guys, uh, Ricky and or Danny, whoever wants to push your stuff, you can go uh, push whatever you want, now, officers. Go ahead, Danny. You never do anything, anyways. That's a good point. Um, I, I try and keep the workload light, keep the expectations low. All right, so uh, the Hail Ming Power Hour are. Uh, Two man with guest podcasts, uh, where we cover the movies of the seventies, eighties, nineties, and the future, uh, can be found on Legion podcasts primarily. Although we are also on iTunes, we're on Stitcher, uh, we are available. We're not on anything else right now, are we? We, we just went on a Google Play, right? We've been on Google Play for a while. We just went on Stitcher. We're trying to get on iHeartRadio. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, we're available on lots of different venues. We have a Facebook page. You can come check it out. I'm sure if you just type in Hail Ming Pow, it'll finish it out with our hour. And um, <laughs> our you hour. can come check us out and uh, decide if it's what you like. And if it isn't, you can tell us to do something different, and we may do it. <laughs> we'll get people to tell us what they do like, and we still don't do it. So, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, man, it's it's been an absolute blast to get on here. Uh, we're usually the ones that's having to drive the bus, so this was nice just to get to jump in here with with uh, with everybody. Let's cut the crap here, folks. You know, it's all about Jamie, so that's that's the main thing about being on the show is getting to hang out with her a bit. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, I love X to death. Gary's an awesome guy, but come on, man, we got Jamie on the show. E. <laughs> she's she's so the glue, bro. She's the glue. I've said that yeah. before. 
appreciate you having us on, man, and, and we love you guys and, and hope to do more things and get you on our show as well because we've been talking about that for a while as far as lining up some other stuff. But, uh, you know, we do have a busy schedule and, and you know, Danny's a family man, so he stays pretty tied up with things. And I worked 15 jobs, so <laughs> so it's even hard for us to get together. But we promise to have you guys on soon. And, and uh, again, just thanks for having us on. It's fantastic. Oh, very, very welcome. We're glad to have you. And uh, It was fun, monkeys. It was fun indeed. <laughs> but um, X, Jeffrey X, Professor X, push your stuff, sir. Um, you can normally find me on... The Kiss the Goat podcast, which I co-host with my awesome wife, Cootie. Uh, we talk about devil movies and cooking and all kinds <laughs> of weird stuff. Um, I figured out finally how it works is we watch a devil movie and then we wait a couple of days, get really just tore up and then try to remember what happened in the movie. So if that sounds great to you, uh, you can find us on Legion Podcasts. Um <laughs> I'm, uh, we're also in the Theme Warriors podcast um, with Mike Merriman, Doug Tilly, and Miss Iris, and I'm recording another episode of that tomorrow. Our Kiss the Goat Psychomania episode just dropped this week, too, yes. so, ch- so check that out. Um, I'll just go ahead and make the announcement now. I'm taking February off to finish my book, so I will have a new book out in April. Um, please be salivating for that and... Um, I'll put up pre-orders and shit. So anyway, but that's pretty much all I have going on. Fair enough. Wow. (laughs) Well, there is a new episode of Evil Episodes that will be coming out where I mentioned earlier that we're covering um, the third season of Black Mirror and uh, two episodes of Masters of Horror. Plus, we weigh in on our thoughts on the upcoming Friday the 13th video game, among a bunch of other bullshit because we talk about a bunch of bullshit. Uh, Skeleton Crew will be recording uh, coming up this week, and there is an announcement that will be made. And um, I don't think I am allowed to divulge what that is yet, though. So teaser. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, that's I'm a tease. Uh, other than that, we have a new ABCs of Hidden Horror that should be coming out. Um, we recorded our top ten of the year, and uh, for 2016. And I, it was a really long episode, and I've just been having to try to work out the editing for that. But it will be coming, hopefully, before 2018. Also, I have been teasing here and there and everywhere that Liken It will be coming, uh, coming back and Yay. starting this month. And I'm not kidding. Liken It this month, it will be out in January. So... Uh, I know we don't have much time left in January, but trust me when I say this, it's coming. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Jesus, that's enough, I guess. I guess. <laughs> um, that's it for me. Uh, me, myself, uh, this show you're listening to right now on Legion Podcast, as well as the two Jake Venom commentaries. Uh, we've re- but at, we recorded today, later on, actually, for two drinks to close out Anthology Month with From Beyond the Grave. I think uh, next year, I mean next next year, next year we're gonna do more shows. Next month, I think I'm gonna tease uh, Willis and Nudie with some some John Waters action for February, make it nice and Valentine'sy with uh, a sing anus for Willis to laugh at, and I think he'll 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 appreciate that. Pink flamingos. Uh, pink flamingos, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Uh, 
What else? Oh yeah, Sloppy Seconds, the movie sequel podcast, can be found on the Horophilia Network. And, um, yeah, X mentioned that he's taking a month off, which is fine. I think his wife's going to come on uh, either our first or second Sleazy Spader episode where we're going to cover a secretary, and I need a I need a surefire hairy woman's perspective on, on that that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that cootie by my lovable Sasquatch. You talk about her being so hairy. I'm going to call her my lovable Sasquatch lady from now I don't talk about her being hairy. You talk about her being <laughs> I'm going to call her my lovable Sasquatch lady now just because. He's just, oh, my God. Who, who doesn't love a good Sasquatch is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> That's a T-shirt if I've ever heard of one right there. <laughs> they do have all those good beef jerky commercials. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, not replace, but to, to sit in his very insolent, uh, disgusting chair would be uh, the master of the cinema psyops, Mr. Court Psyops, I mean tired of hearing his voice on this show you'll get to hear for at least two shows he'll he'll be on this show including the next one which should include uh the the witch uh who's yeah yeah he'll be on this show doing uh our reality premonition episode being the with the running man death row game show and shock treatment like i mentioned earlier i know it's weird we're doing two jessica harper films back to back but that's just Mm -hmm. the way the schedule turned out so there you go guys you know Court's an awesome dude. Yeah. Witch is too, man. Two yeah. two great guys. Yeah, the witch is great. And uh, right on with that, uh, Twitter at GW, at Cinebeefcast, and uh, come join the Facebook group. And please, if you have time, come rate and review us on iTunes, because it helps us uh, get seen better, as they say. And uh, um, I mentioned this before, about the, the Humane Society charity auction, which will be coming up this spring. Um... I mentioned Jeffrey Dean Morgan canceled at C2E2, but just a month before in Chicago again, he will be at uh, the Heroes and Villains Con, which is a con that merged with the Walker Stalker Convention. So I'm going to meet him there and hopefully bring something cool back for you guys. And uh, not much else going on besides... Ooh, excuse me, sir. Sorry, guys. Uh, those shows and uh, these guys' wonderful show. Come check out Hail Ming's show on this the wonderful... Uh, LesionPodcast.com Goddamn cell phone making noise I try Somebody's keep... hungry Yeah, definitely. I know I know I am And uh, I always support Bo Bo's, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't call him the hardest working man in show business That's that's these that's these guys right here Because they do bits and stuff and make me laugh And that, that's important on a Monday morning If you want oh, to thanks, man. If you want to laugh I, 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 I can use it on a Monday morning, guys And I really appreciate that Alright, um, it's awesome With that uh, here at the Sin Beef Podcast. You got beef, we've got the grinder, and always, hail me. Bye-bye. <laughs>